A world in ruins and brothers betrayed. The vengeful spirit has finally left the orbit of Istvan III. Countless brother Astartes lay cold in the ground, betrayed by their own gene fathers. Whatever has possessed the minds of these four sons of the Emperor, we may never know. However, reports abound of a ship under fire jumping into the warp away from the fleet may yet be a herald of light in these darkest of times. Stay tuned, brothers. Radio Free Istvan will continue to broadcast updates on the movements of the Trader Warmaster. And remember, the Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Free Istvan listeners? And welcome to episode 49 of the Radio Free Istvan podcast, a Horse Heresy 30K podcast. Uh, my name is Michael, and I've got my co-host Ryan here. Go and say, what's up, Ryan? What's going on, everybody? And this episode is brought to you by our Patreon subscribers. You guys are fantastic. We love all of you. You're watching live right now inside this little chat, and you're all just... I just want to say thank you, guys. We appreciate you putting your... Putting... Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. Like, You believe in us. You, you believe in us to keep going. So, <laughs> anyway. So, we've got a... Uh, ridiculous episode i don't I want to say ridiculous i would say that like it was a long time coming like we kind of understood that this episode was on the horizon and it's finally here uh the list apocalypse episode so <laughs> uh so obviously march was a very busy month for ryan and myself we well mostly ryan but uh <laughs> Uh, list kind of stacked up. So right now I'm looking at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 lists we're going to go over on this episode. And so, uh, prep yourself like in, in, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to about to tell you all the lists we're about to go over. So if you play any of these armies, you're in fucking luck because it's going to give you a good little kickoff on to where you're going to go. Uh, but first things first, we're going to go ahead and talk about our hobby progress like we always do. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, a badass auction that's coming up, free boot op- auction. We're going to go over some of that. It's out. It's out right now, and I think it's doing really good, yep. actually. It's that Imperial Fist Army. Yep. But we're going to talk more about that. We'll go into that. Uh, then we've got some Nova Open Talk. We're going to answer two questions that we got over, vo- over email. And then three, three yep. that we can discuss. Okay. The three, Thousand Suns one. Three questions. And oh, okay, yeah, yeah. We just we got one literally seconds before the show started, so you squeeze it in just in time. Uh, and then as far as uh, a list go, I guess it's just let me just go and leave them all out. We got a twenty five hundred point World Eater list, Crimson Path. We're gonna go over a uh, thirty five hundred point World Eater Crimson Path list. After that, which is very similar, but you know, two separate people. A 2,000-point Night Lord list, which is a Drop Assault Vanguard. A 2,500-point Space Wolf Orbital Assault list. So, Derek, you, you're going to like that one. A uh, 2,500-point Iron Hands Primark Chosen boarding list. So, that one needs that one has a cool explanation behind it. A uh, 2,500-point Iron Hands Head of the Gorgon list. A 2,000-point Alpha Legion Chosen Duty list. 2,500-point Iron Warrior Sacrificial Offering list. Dude, those Sacrificial Offering lists are coming more and more. They're popping more and more up. Um, A 2,000-point Blood Angel Day of Revelation list. Uh, 
a 3,000-point Dark Angel Armored Breakthrough list, a 2,500-point World Eater Berserker Assault list, a 2,500-point Orbital Assault Thousand Suns list, and a 3,000-point Primarch Chosen Iron Warrior slash World Eater list. So it's about to get crazy. It's about to go down on these lists. Uh, I would say... Uh, rewind if, real quick if you want to see where those lists are coming in. And then uh, what I'll do for this episode, I will go ahead and go to the show notes and I'll put the timestamp on when those start. That way you can go back and see when each of those are because it's going to be mental. Trying to... You know what else we should... What? At the end of this episode, we should spin the wheel. You down to spin the wheel, bro? I'm down to spin the wheel. Do you have it with you? Is it nearby? It's right in the other room. Okay. All right. So we'll do some magic of internet editing. And we will spin that wheel. Yeah. Of grind. 100%. <laughs> I'm game. I'm 100% game to spin the wheel. So at the end of this episode, we'll spin the wheel. If you don't know how the wheel works, I'm going to go ahead and go over it real quick before we get into the list. Uh, the way the wheel works is we spin the wheel. It's got all of the 30K Horus Heresy podcast on the wheel. And whenever one of those podcasts gets sent stiff, we take them off the wheel and we put a listener pie pace in the wheel. And we, if we land on that listener little pie, then we go to our last Facebook post where we posted up to share our uh, share our SoundCloud notification episode. that we our episode and we pick from the list of people that shared the episode so yeah I mean it's too late now but you know that's how you can that's how you can get on the list and what we do is whenever we land on you you get some sort of tasty treats and snacks from the from our local local region. So if you're in the States, you get some cool Texas and Indiana food. And if you're in, I don't know, let's say Zimbabwe, then you get some great American food. So, yep. you know, it's Win. uh, winning. We, uh, uh, Ryan's wife, shout out to her because she does some pretty cool research to try and find out like what you don't have in your area. Apparently she gets a kick out of it. And uh, she likes it. She likes to do that. So you're going to get something that you're not used to eating. And that'll probably give you the shits or something, but you know, it's how... I think so. So the don't lose your head guys got our package and it, we blew their mind. I sent them Captain Crunch. Oh yeah, Captain Crunch. They cut their mouths up. They cut the roof of the mouth. They did, up. but they were like, they were like, I thought that our cereal was good. This is what Nicholas said. He's like, man, I thought our cereal was all right. Then I ate your cereal that's made of pure sugar and freedom. These yeah. are his words. Uh-huh. And. He's like now he's sad that he lives in Sweden and can't get uh, delicious American cereal. <laughs> that is sad. so poor guy. So his favorite thing though in there, I sent him some uh, jalapeno and carne asada. Um, carne asada. Jack Link. Carne. Carne asada. Carne. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Beef jerky from Jack Links. Okay. And um, that was the thing he liked the best. And he says that, like, they're, apparently their beef jerky over there compared to ours is, like, pure shit, the way he described it. He was like, you guys have some next-level 
beef jerky. So that was his favorite thing in there. But he really liked pretty much everything. They didn't like Swedish fish. They said that they're garbage. That it's the ca- yeah. He said it's the candy equivalent of actual Swedish fish, which also people don't like. <laughs> was it there? Who was it? No, no, not Sweden. Okay, never mind. I was thinking of the wine that Ben Porter or no Dan Porter was talking about. That's Swiss Swiss, Swiss wine. Swiss wasn't it? wine. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome, dude. What what we need to do since July is almost coming up. Uh, when July gets here and like the Fourth of July happens, you know how everything gets like super patriotic for like cereals and shit. Like you get Captain Crunch dresses like Uncle Sam and stuff, and like yeah. you can get like the special red, white, and blue Captain Crunches and stuff like that. We just need to like go buy pallets of like the uh, the seasonal <laughs> the, the seasonal uh, Americanized uh, snack food so that. Whenever we send out care packages to other countries, it's all like ridiculously American stuff. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the thing that's seasonal that my, I have a friend that just bought, like literally if the store has it, he'll buy everything they have is that Baja Blast Mountain Dew. Dude, I have, I have a friend that does the exact same thing that Baja Blast, like you can get it at Taco Bell, but like. You can get a Taco Bell anytime, but they only sell it in the store like yeah. one, like once a year. They like for like a month they sell Baja Blast. So here, last year, this is no joke. I have a picture of it somewhere. His wife um, bought him a bunch, like went to Sam's Club and bought a bunch while he was at work, and made a like, throne, <laughs> like stacked them all up in the shape of a throne. And then he came home and sat in it, and they took a picture and put it on his Facebook. Him sitting on his throne of Baja Blast Mountain Dew. <laughs> man dude that's crazy i've never like i don't know like i've never I, I guess i've never sat down and like really like tasted baja blast mountain dew i don't not really a big fan of mountain dew in the first place so i'm guessing that maybe i wouldn't like baja blast i don't know maybe i would i don't know is it good i don't know that i've ever even tried it because I, I like you said i'm not a big fan of mountain dew um what if it's fucking really? great like what if it is that good to where like but like people just don't like nah nah i'm not gonna try it i'll be all right yeah i don't know <laughs> it's that you gotta buy it once a year in bulk yeah we could be missing out we could be missing out the entire time uh the only thing that i'm like as I, oh sorry oh no like the only thing that like uh used to be real seasonal that everybody knew was my thing was the Reese's eggs. Like Mm. they used to be like super seasonal, you know, Easter comes around you get, you know, Easter eggs. Like I'd buy them like early in like March before you or like, you know, March, February, whenever they first start showing up on like gas stations and stuff, the little Easter Reese's eggs, I'd buy them super early and get just a bunch of them and just get like Easter egg wasted. And then now there you can get like, they have like, uh, Reese's pumpkins, Reese's trees. Like they got like they realize that like, yeah. Well, the tree. The reason the eggs and the trees are so good, it's just the proper chocolate to peanut butter ratio. Exactly. Yeah. And people don't understand that. They're like, well, this is a Reese. I'm like, no, it's not a Reese cup. Yeah, it's not. The ratio to chocolate to peanut butter is different. It tastes different. I don't care what you say. These that, are better. That's a thing we need to get to the Australians, man, because they don't have, they don't get Reese's in Australia. So like that's I didn't even think to get them the seasonal eggs. Like now, now that I'm thinking about it. Hmm. 
by the way, uh, Will on our uh, Crusader Host chat says, I really like the Cranberry Sierra Mist. Uh, one Christmas, my girlfriend bought me a bunch, and I hid it around the house, so I would end up finding some throughout the year. What? It's kind of funny. That, that, is there still some missing? Did you account for them? Like how, how, I don't know. How many are we talking here? He doesn't say. <laughs> like, I imagine, like, one day, like, the, <laughs> the toilet gets stuck where it's, like, you know, like, the little chain inside the toilet's breaking, and he's like, So ah, it's inside the tank. Yes. <laughs> like, pulls, yeah. oh, Sierra Mist. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all cool because it's sitting, like, in, fr- sitting in fresh water. water. <laughs> man, where would, where would you hide it? Man, I need to... We need to have a like deeper discussion on that. A deeper discussion, like in his glove box and stuff next to like his insurance. So whenever he's getting pulled over by the cops, it's like license and registration. He goes, Kudunk. oh, well, he says his girlfriend hid them. Oh, okay. Oh, even better. So like, okay, that that's way more fun than like you hiding them yourselves. I'm like, man, I really want to reset and then have a really want to Sierra Mist. Let me go. <laughs> like he's trying to unplug HDMI on the back of his television. He's just sitting back there taped. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> she probably just used that for like positive reinforcement. <laughs> like, yeah. It. Was it, did she like hide it near places where you're supposed to be doing chores? Exactly. That's like, what I'm saying. Here's this Sierra Mist next to your work boots. That's next to this rake like ladder <laughs> next to this thing you need to clean the gutters it's not she's thing she hides them in the gutters so when he's cleaning the gutters he's like, <gasps> like yeah all the all the places like in the yeah. in the basement inside the uh uh <laughs> i don't i don't know i can't think of any more i can't think of any more honeydews i guess taped on her oil tank so you change out her i don't know it's too much thought <laughs> Very smart. So, anyway, what I was trying to say, I was telling Michael before the show. If I cough during the show, I'm trying not to be annoying. But I caught a little case of the con crud um, between Stiff and Adepticon, and I'm just now getting over it. My throat, I feel better, but my throat's a little scratchy. So I've been coughing a little bit. Why don't you tell? The so listeners, I'll try to keep it to a minimum, not be annoying. Why don't you tell the listeners from uh, what the con crud is? Because you know. so con crud is just. When you go to any con, there's just obviously just tons of people there, and you're you know you're in close proximity to others. Everybody's been there, like everybody's traveled by plane, train, or automobile, usually around a bunch of other people, and everybody's like touching each other, touching each other's models, shaking hands, doing whatever, and you just get germ spread, and it's impo- almost impossible to not get sick. So because it's like everybody's there, and it's just like a giant perfect confluence of germs and you don't really know what you're got whether you got a cold you got a flu it's just like the generic name for illness is just concred mm. when you go to a con and get sick so i just call it concred i'm pretty sure i had concred last year as well but yeah that happens buddy get well soon ryan get well soon i'm fine i'm not going anywhere it's like it's just a little bit of blood in my cough. It's all right. A <laughs> little bit of the consumption. Uh, well, anyway, let's talk about some hobby progress. I'll start. You go first. Uh, squats, bro. Trying to paint up some squats. Originally, I wanted to paint them like minotaurs. And then I saw some 
<laughs> some people painted up those hassle-free miniatures in green, and I was like, never mind, I'm going green. <laughs> they look so much better in OD green. <laughs> <laughs> look, I fucked myself up, so... Uh yeah, and what's cool is, uh, since we have that whole like Patreon little chat group, I can like bounce the model off. It's like, hey, this is the point he's at, and then I'll like give like little advices and tips, like, hey, why don't you paint his like shoulder pads brass, or why don't you do this? It's like, nice, I will do that, and so it's like an evolving <laughs> army, so it's looking nicer and nicer, and I love how little those guys are, especially tiny, my force commander, tiny little people. It's funny, Derek was over there. He's very night. tiny. Derek was over the other night and like I was painting that little force commander and he's like literally like that fucking big like I can't I can't like yeah he's the size of a dreadnought foot like he's like so baby little and he's supposed to be my like squat force commander he has no power armor he's just like he looks sad that he's at war and I painted him in this like red blazer with uh with like khakis like he's like completely not fit for like a wartime role, but he's gonna he's gonna do it, man. He's gonna be just like such a hard ass, like 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 he inherited this fucking army is all I can think of. He needs a red Adidas tracksuit and a gold AK. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool as fuck. Oh, like <laughs> like African dictator, like oh, that'd be badass. Or- yeah, that's like a whole like. I mean, if you really look, okay, so... You know what I got that from? So that this, uh, I bought these little, I call them shit shacks. They're just supposed to be like a third world country, like thrown together, like made of like scrap cardboard or whatever, like little shanty. I bought a whole shanty village. It's getting wrong. (laughs) What? Go ahead. ahead. (laughs) Shanty village. (laughs) So anyway... Shit shacks. (laughs) This guy... (laughs) This guy... Sorry, North African listeners. (laughs) Well, I'll play. <laughs> so this guy um makes this game it's i forget the name of the game but it's like modern warfare so you can basically like play like nato troops or u.s troops or like any like first world country you know warfare stuff and a lot of the bad guys are just like uh you know insurgents or like whatever but they have like african warlord looking guys like south american looking guys eastern european guys whatever but you can play as any of these factions, and they run a big demo at Gen Con every year. And last year, my buddy Chris Duncan played as the bad guys, and the guy that he was given to be like his overall commander is literally like this Eastern European-looking dude in a red tracksuit with a gold AK, that's like straight badass. up. Like that's the guy's model. That's <laughs> <laughs> really funny. And he said the game's a blast. I can't remember the name of the game. It's the guy who makes um, was it miniature? Uh, miniature terrain building miniature i can't remember he makes little really cool resin buildings he makes like middle eastern buildings he makes like world war ii buildings he makes fantasy ones and he makes this i think he calls them the shanty line or something like that that's miniature building authority that's what it is yeah that's cool man i'll have to check it out like but no like you really did like i've never looked into that fluff aspect of things but like uh there's definitely some parallels with like forced mining labor and like what you would (laughs) and squats so like i could i don't know i may have to delve a little deeper into that so uh we'll we'll have to see about that 
but no, I uh, I've been working on these squats, uh, just getting them painted up. I've got five kind of like in a good good point, and they're like base coated. I got one that's like pretty much fully painted except for his base. Force commander's pretty much ready. Um, I just got to figure out how to turn these land raiders. And actually, this is a cool little land raider. I don't know if you saw this yet, but uh, this is a Proteus, not an armored Proteus. Converted over to an armored yep. Proteus using Blood and Skulls Industries sponsons. His newest sponsons he had out. Those are cool. Bet you didn't notice. Bet you didn't notice this wasn't just a normal armored Proteus. And then, of course, I used his tracks, which are super sexy. So, but I got to figure out how to turn this. And I've got two Hades breaching drills. I want to figure out how I can, like, maybe resin cast these breaching drills to, like, attach a drill to this land raider. Mm, like a mining land raider. Like a mining land raider. So they can be, like, so I can just, like, like, like <laughs> <laughs> the camera. <laughs> so, yeah, got that going on. Uh, and then, uh, ordered a shit ton of plastic card. So, that's about it. I'm ready to start working on Lucius Pattern Warlord armored plates. Cool. Nice. I'm going to try and put them on my fallen warlord and try and, like, line them up with him. Get it all working out. We'll find out. We'll see. I don't think I'm equipped to make this happen, but we will see. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, like, a bigger project than I'm – like, a bigger chunk of project that I'm biting off than I'm prepared for. So – like, I know John Stanford's, like, a good fucking, like, a solid, solid scratch builder. So, and yeah. John Christensen, he yeah. he made his own, like, scratch build Warhound Titan and, like, cast it up and everything. And, like, he's just, like, like all both of their stuff look good. And they're, like, only six hours away from me. So, like, I'm really going to rely on them for, like, a lot of help. That's why, like, immediately, as soon as I started the project, I was like, hey, guys, you have been... <laughs> Rick, like you are now part of the the team. You're voluntold. You're voluntold. <laughs> Originally, I was thinking like, oh, I could just you know 3D print them and like you know, just like we did the the like have them 3D design and then 3D print them after they've been measured and everything like that. But that's a shit ton of money to have something like that 3D printed. Yep. So, anyway, that's where I'm at. Where are you at? So what did I do? So. I got back from Adepticon. Dig it. Um, then I needed to write all my event rules for my event on May 13th. So I did that. So I wrote all the event rules. I also set up all the tables to go ahead and be set up for the event. So they're all currently set up in that way. And I did something. I came up with the idea of, sh of taking my event primer and just videoing it of me going over things and answering questions so that people could just watch my little 12 minute video and also like go, go through the primer as I go through it. That's so, pretty cool. Because, because nobody ever reads, <laughs> nobody ever reads your shit. They never read it. So now I can just go, well, if you don't want to read it or you have questions, watch the video. And then if you still have questions, ask me questions. That's very smart. I always thought about doing a TLDR page which like like too long didn't read page 
like at the front that's just like the cover page <laughs> and it just has bullet points like make sure you have a 2500 point list make sure you know zone mortalis like make sure like yeah. you know like yeah. but but i like the idea of a video plan on what i'm going to do now that all the tables are set up i'm going to film a little like five minute video of me actually setting up the mission so like if like the viewer will be my opponent so i'd say okay so we're playing this mission this is the scenario this is how we would set up the mission this is how we would deploy then we have to roll for this and then go through this is how the mission is played <laughs> so that and then what we're going to do so i'm going to make this video and then um i'm going to really mess this up here cuz a lot of the guys at my game club are also IT guys like what you are. So I'm not going to know any of the lingo. So you're going to laugh here for a second when I try to describe this. I got you. One of the guys here said that in my actual like event package, like when you like print off the event, I could put some type of code on there so they could take a picture of it with their smartphone and it would take you straight to the YouTube video. Yes. It's, it's so called that's a, the plan. Yeah. It's called a 3d barcode. Yeah. That's it. So that's the plan is when you get, when you show up to a table, the mission will be on a piece of paper like this. This is next And then level somewhere shit. on here, there'll be, this'll be, there'll be a little barcode on the mission thing. So instead of coming up and asking me a trillion questions while I'm trying to run the event, you can just take your smartphone and take a picture of this and it will go to a video of me explaining everything relevant about the mission to answer all your questions. That's the next level, dude. Like, who came up with that? Like, this is what a 3D barcode looks like, by the way. Yeah, I've seen that before. So that'll that'll be on your page somewhere. So you just scan it, it takes you to a YouTube channel, and it's just you going, what's up, dick kickers? Welcome to... <laughs> yeah. Welcome to this mission, and I'll go through the mission and go through everything. So that's kind of the idea. Dude, that's such a fucking, like... That's, like, that's, that's, like, that's gonna happen now. Like, no other... Yeah. Like, there's not going to be any other event. Like, if it doesn't have so my this... idea, So, this was my original idea. My original idea was just to shoot the videos for each mission, uh-huh. and then I was just going to post them on the event page on Facebook. So, it was the same idea, but you would have to just log into your Facebook and then find the relevant video on the, the event page and watch it. And I was explaining it to somebody, and he was like, oh, well, you don't need to do that. You just put this little code thing on the actual mission thing, and then they can just take a picture of their smartphone and it'll come straight to YouTube, to the and start playing the video. Man, this is the beginning of something incredible. I can't wait till like people are like hiring actresses and stuff like that, like little Asian ladies, and like, hello, welcome to <laughs> Assault on Black Reach mission fourteen. <laughs> You will notice it is like like a that is sweeping. A ter- that is a terrible impersonation and super racist and <laughs> just like just like a flyby over the table. Like you'll notice on these locations, you can have different. <laughs> like, you have objective here, here, and here. <laughs> it is like all lit up, like bing, bing, bing. <laughs> man, dude, like that's smart thinking and like, man, you're just taking your events next level, dude. Good job. So we're probably, other, we're other, probably also going to steal that, so just keep that in mind. Do it. <laughs> um, uh, so the other thing I'm doing for the first time for this event, two of the tables here are going to be eight by four tables Okay. that are divided directly in half. One section of it will be a four by four like normal table. Like It's, it's going to be pretty dense, but it's supposed to be the surface. 
And then the other 4 by 4 table next to it is a Zone Mortalis that represents being directly below the surface that you're playing on. Okay. And then what I did is I put either markers or buildings or hatches or whatever. So like one table, it's supposed to be like this big fortification. So there's all kinds of like bastions, bunkers, pillboxes, uh, little armored hatches in the ground. And I took little garage sale stickers, the little circles that are like pink or green or bright yellow or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I color coded them. So like this door is a green door. This door is pink door. This door is red door. You know, did all that. Then I made little tokens. I just took a, a 25 millimeter base and drilled two holes in it and then took the little ladder that comes in the Games Workshop plastic kits. You always get one ladder. Yeah. And I put the legs of the ladder into the hole so it just looks like a ladder sticking straight up out of a base. And I'll paint that the that token, the bright color, that matches the sticker for the surface. And then you set that down in the Zone Mortalis. So what that means is if you go to that bastion and you go into the bastion, like embark into the bastion using the vehicle embarkation rules, you immediately disembark from the the token into the Zone Mortalis section below. That's real. That's real immersion right there. Right. So the idea is you can start on the surface and try to breach into the buildings and actually breach in and get into the subterranean complex. Um, for these missions, so you could use it that way, for this mission that I'm uh, setting up, it's just going to be because it's a team event. So it'll be like if me and you were teammates, we both have a thousand point zone mortalis list and our opponents both have a thousand points. There's going to be three objectives on the surface and three objectives below the surface. So when we deploy our armies, you deploy zone mortalis style where you only get half your units rounded up for both the surface and the zone. So you're going to play full zone rules, even though it's split in two. Um, so uh, you can choose to deploy underground to start with or choose to deploy on top. But you'll be able to move units from one to the other and vice versa. That's fucking bonkers, dude. And then the other one I have set up, I have the... Uh, so that one's going to be like a a, fort- like a, a fortified base with an actual uh, Forge World Zone Mortalis board underneath, like the, the tiles that they make. The other table I'm doing is a really dense um, cityscape with lots of levels. Think almost like a Necromunda board. It's yep. really dense, got Thunder Ruins on it. And then it's supposed to be the sewers under the city. So remember that dungeon I painted up a long time ago? Yes. Like the, the tiles yeah, that look kind of fantasy. For the, the game con or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm using that as the sewers underneath this bombed out city to play some more Talison. So the idea for that mission is that there was a city, it started getting bombed, and all like the uh, high-end top officials, like maybe the planetary, like whoever, you know, like the tech priest guy, the planetary governor, the important people in the city went to take cover. Kalakian noble. (laughs) Those guys. So some of them are hiding in the ruins of the bombed-out city on the surface, and then some of them fled to the sewer to try to escape the bombing. So half of them are in the sewer, and half of them are on the surface, and you have to find and they're basically the objectives for the mission. Wow. That's really, that's a lot of thought put into that. So that's the other thing. When I go through, when I shoot these little videos for each of the missions I wrote, I'm going to go through the fluff of the mission. So I'll be like, this is why the mission's designed this way. This is the fluff in my head when I designed this mission. That's why the objectives are this way. And then I'll go through uh, how to deploy, uh, what, who deploys first, who takes the first turn, if that's even a thing. You know, do you roll for night fight? How the mission is scored, how you would win the mission, things like that. So there's basically all the basic shit. 
I plan to make the videos, like I said, between five and ten minutes long, so they go fairly quick. And then when you come to play at the event, if you wind up on a table, you can read the thing. If it's not immediately clear, you and your opponent, can. one of the people playing on that table can just get their smartphone. You watch the video with your opponent. It takes like five, ten minutes before the game starts, and then you immediately know everything, how to play the mission. You start playing the mission. That's next level, dude. I can only have like that's. I'm in awe. You're so lucky. Like your tables are like pre-set up and all that stuff, and you can, like have them, like access to them before the event. You know, by a number of like weeks, <laughs> like and do all the prep. That's that's fucking badass, dude. Taking full advantage of that. Ugh. So, I worked on that. So that was that was a lot of work. Um, the other thing I did was write all the lists for the show. <laughs> which was quite a bit of work that took a couple days just to sit and mess around with that. And then, um, I built and painted a little bit of scenery for my event. I'm almost, I didn't have a whole lot to do, but, um, I did some of it. And then, um, lastly, I have, uh, my buddy Nick is running an event in April here at a local store, uh, Sinclair games. And it's a small team event. I need to paint nine salamanders, nine salamander infantry for that event. So I started on those guys. Badass. And then, so Badass that's pretty that much all the hop. You're, you're taking the the salamanders back out of their, their sleeping. Yeah. Then the other thing. So remember last episode when you tried to like, when you you tried and succeeded in making me retire my black shields after I've only played them like six times because yep. you're like, Oh, they've already won a painting award. You can't play them anymore. Time to um, put them, put them inside the acrylic and move on. So here's the thing. Believe it or not, I've already started thinking about next year's Adepticon project. Yeah. And I mean, you've known me long enough that when I, I try to pick a project and then do stuff that I've never done before yeah. or shit that I suck at and try to get better at or whatever. Yeah. So remember we talked about I wanted to do weathering. So this is the project I'm going to try to really do weathering on. So I've decided I want to do a Death Guard army. Oh, dang. And I want to weather it up. So I've been watching tons of YouTube videos on weathering. Um, and then I'm going to... I signed up for Nova Open. And Nova Open has a bunch of seminars, and I'm taking five semin- five painting seminars at Nova Open, trying to get knowledge to do this army. And I also have been doing lots of flight research to the UK to try to make it over to an MKA class um, in a reasonable enough amount of time to where I could take the class and then still use the knowledge learned in that class to paint the army in time for Adepticon next year. You're all about it, dude. I, so <laughs> I don't have a response to that. That's like <laughs> that is hundred percent. That is one hundred percent. So I've I ordered I ordered five infantry and a land raider, um, just to. So I have five infantry and a land raider to practice on to try to get the technique down for death guard. But I also have some of the terrain for this event. Like I have this like foam piece of terrain with like a crash tank into the side of it. I'm going to like try to weather that tank terrain, like practice on that a little bit. And then I have some old Lehman Russes and 
Also, I have some side panels from Rhinos because when you buy a Demios Rhino, you know, you get the whole plastic kit and then the resin bits that go yep. that you don't use some of the plastic. But I have like Rhino sides. So I might actually paint up, just practice painting, you know, Rhino sides that I can't do anything else with and weather them up and try to paint them Death Guard to perfect the technique before I start painting actual models. Have you have so you reached out to to Samson with Black Label Painting or Miles with Little Legend Studios? No, both of them I, are willing I look, to. I know that's the other thing I need to do. I'm going to take these CK Studios classes because they're already at Adepticon and like Hurricane Webster, the guy that he's wrote us in a couple emails. Uh, he's he. I read a review that he did on him. He swears by him. I watched, I went to their Facebook and looked at a few of their things and watched some of their videos. And um, it seems really cool. And their class is very reasonable if you go to the convention. So I literally signed up for every one of their classes oh, wow. on airbrushing. So I'm going to do all their course. And then I'm taking a, a How to Paint Flesh class, which is really more for other games because in 30K, I've, I don't think I've ever. Yeah. No, no, no. But I, it's something I am bad at. So I do want to learn how to do it. And be good at it. And then I'm taking a uh, World War II historical model painting class, which I don't care about painting like a, a Panzer tank or whatever, or a Sherman. That being said, I figure a lot of those techniques will transfer over to the weathering side of things. So that's really why I'm taking that class. I also did some research and found a, a military modeling club in Louisville, Kentucky that meets like every month. So I'm actually going to reach out through them on Facebook and see if they teach weathering techniques or if anybody's good at weathering or if they can send me pictures. And if that's the case, I'm going to sign up for a military modeling club and drive two hours to Kentucky every month to be part of this modeling club just to get some knowledge from a different hobby that's similar to our hobby to try to drag some of that model building and weathering over from actual like historic modeling stuff. When will you know that you won? Like when will it be over? Like how will like will you be? Like, what do you mean? Like when? Like when will you finally be like? Well, that's all I need for classes now. I can paint the uh, uh, Sistine Chapel on a Leviathan. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. You going can to always class. get better. You can get better at anything. <laughs> oh God! I'll just say like 2017 sounds pretty packed for your painting skills, but I, I guess like it, it's not stuff you'll forget. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I just want to get... I want to get better. I always want to learn new shit and get better. So. I'll, uh... I don't know. I signed up for that mega battle at Nova. Yeah, for people who don't know, we both, me and Michael have both signed up to go to Nova Open. And I have to go to Nova. All that I've signed up for playing game-wise was the single-player narrative that's one day on Saturday, and then I signed up for five classes. Is there any classes being held at Gen Con, now that I think about it? Or no? I don't know, because I haven't... Like, you can buy your badge, which I bought my Gen Con badge the other day already. I bought a four-day pass. Um, and I've already been talking to some of the guys that listen to the show. Uh, Jason Tick, who's a really cool guy that I met at... Um, Adepticon, he comes. I guess he comes to Gen Con every year. So I've already been talking with him about at least meeting up and having lunch one day, and then he may actually um, come back here and play some 30k at night, you know, with me after the con. 
just to hang out, play some games. Because I, I I already scheduled where I, I'm off work that entire week of Gen Con. So I'm really hoping I can lure you TFL guys up here too. And you guys can stay here at my house. We'll convoy up there and you know hang out at Gen Con all day, do seminars, play games, do demos, do whatever. And then at night, we can go get some fucking fantastic food somewhere local here, eat, eat a bunch of food, and then come back here and play 30K all night. <laughs> and and you guys can get drunk. So that would be the seventeenth to the twentieth, and then yep. I'd go back to work for a week, and then that next week I'd be at Nova. Yep. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> it's like listen, listen, listen. Job. August is busy for me. <laughs> oh. Kitty, that hurt. <laughs> uh, she's, she's trying to claw at my chair, and she like caught on to me. So we, while we're talking about Nova, I got the flyer here, so people know the date. So it's August thirty first through September third. It's in Washington D.C. Um, it's a five minute walk from D.C. Metro Shop for easy sightseeing. Um, I t- my sister's boyfriend used to live there. Um, he lived there like the most of his life. He says it's stupid to rent a car there. He said, do not rent a car. He said, everybody just takes a taxi or the bus or public transit. Um, and he said this place where this is at is like a central hub, like this flyer saying of shopping and things like that. So the bus station and all the public transit is like easily within walking distance of this hotel where the convention's at. So the convention is at the Hyatt Regency Crystal City um, in the D.C. area. Uh, the guys who did the uh, Adepticon stuff, the Grain Legion, um, they're back at Nova this year running the Narrative Heresy events. Which, like, um, if says anything should pull you, it should be the fact that these guys are running the event. Yeah, they're they're awesome dudes. So it says their registrations are way up from last year, but they still have plenty of spots available. Uh, this will be much bigger and better than last year, and last year was pretty awesome. If you missed out on something at Adepticon, this is your chance to get all the events you want. And it's www.novaopen.com. Um, you can go to their website, and they got everything you can sign up for. So I've already, like I said, I've already signed up for the uh, single player narrative, and then I also signed up for five seminars. My wife's actually going with me, and she signed up for all the airbrushing seminars as well. So me and her are gonna do it together. Well, now I really got to get into the airbrushing seminars too. I will get everybody in TFL to go too. We'll all just be rowdy in the class. Oh, it'll be bad. <laughs> my wife's gonna bring cookies this is what's gonna happen my wife's gonna bring cookies me and josh are gonna be sitting next to each other he's gonna be drawing pictures of dicks and tits on napkins and showing me and we're gonna be fucking giggling he's gonna be fucking stuffing cookies in his face she's made there's gonna be crumbs everywhere crumbs in the paint the fucking teacher's gonna be yelling at us <laughs> zach will be like making paper it's gonna be a mess if we all sign up that's what i'm saying like it'll be it'll be hilarious the teacher will have like a meter Everybody's stick. Everybody's model in the class. One of Josh's beard hairs in their model. <laughs> beard <laughs> hairs. We don't really know where those hairs come from. We assume the beard. Nobody really knows. Yeah. So. yeah. They're currently they're currently in pubish. <laughs> so Nova open. <laughs> Club got that shout out. We got another shout out we need to give out before we get into these lists. Uh, the free bit of auction, man. Let's let's talk about that. 
from I got it pulled up on eBay right now, and the Free Buddha's Imperial Fist 30K Toys for Tots Charity Army is currently. I guess should I get like let me let me first before I tell you what it's currently going for because I think the price is actually really good because it's propane and everything but let me go ahead and let you know what's what's in it. Right? Should we do that? Actually, explain yeah. what it is first, Ryan, before we What what is what Toys for Tots is and all that? So Toys yeah. for Tots is a charity run by the US uh, Marine Corps and it is a charity that collects money and uh they take all that money and they buy toys that they then give out around Christmas time to uh, underprivileged children. That's what the charity is. And so what we do, or, or what the freebooters do, is like people will donate models or go buy models or whatever, however they get a hold of the models. And then members of the forums that are pretty decent painters will then, um, like they'll have like a pile of models. They'll say, well, I'll take these and I'll paint these, this legion, whatever, and they'll get together and they'll write up an army list and kind of divide out the work, and people who feel comfortable painting whatever will paint that. And then when they get the entire army painted, they just auction it, the whole painted army on eBay, and then um, 100% of the profit that they make from that, or 100% of whatever it sells for, um, all goes to the Toys for Top charity. So people basically donate the models, so there's... You know, people have to buy the models or whatever, but then they get donated to the cause, and then they're painted for free, and then it's sold, and then 100% of that money that it sells for just gets sent to Toys for Tots. That's fantastic, man. What a great cause. <clears throat> and that is up right now. And there is an Imperial Fist army. Uh, let me go ahead and get fully what's in it. It's easily, easily make... 2,000 points. Yeah, I know it is because I wrote a 2,000 point. The, the 2,000 point list was written by me. It says, the Army list was designed by Ryan Free, Radio Free Esteban host, Ryan Kimmel. Ryan Free Esteban. <laughs> <laughs> this list with minor upgrades can hit right at 1990 points before the drop pod and the Aegis liner factored in. Uh, so the list is, and what you get is two HQs. You get a Praetor and Cataphractic Terminator armor with combi melted chain fist. A chaplain with a plasma pistol, three troops. You get a ten-man veteran tactical squads. Two of them have flamers. Uh, then you actually get another veteran tactical squad, two with melted guns, a five-man cataphractic terminator squad, and five of them have combi bolters. Five have chain fist. One has grenade harness. Uh, then you get a contemptor dreadnought with the magnetized arms, uh, so you can swap out assault cannon and multi melter. So that's pretty fucking neat. Because you can go and get some uh, some sweet, sweet Forge World weapons. All you need is a shoulder. Yep. Solid. Uh, then it's got a 10-man last cannon squad. They have the Rise of Pattern last cannon, so they look fucking cool. Then you got a Spartan Assault Transport, an Aegis Defense Line, and a Space Marine Tropod. And the remainder of a Forge World Imperial Fist. Two Rhinos. Sheet. Do it. And two rhinos. Two rhinos in the list, too. Sorry if I got quiet all of a sudden. Kitty hit my slider. But uh, anyway, yeah. Mm. Two rhinos in there as well for the veteran tactical squad. So right now, and I'm looking at the army itself, man. This thing is 
stupid nice, like stupid nicely painted. Uh, it's so hard to get that yellow. So everything. And the rhinos uh, have the forge. The rhinos have the forge world uh, panel mounted multi melts on them too. Yes, they do, and they have the forge world icons and the forge world doors. The icons are actually the old pewter Games Workshop ones for Crimson Fist that it were repurposed. I know because I donated those. Damn it, Ryan. You're so cool. I don't know that I'm cool, but... Actually, my buddy Nick gave them... I asked him for them, and he said yes because I knew he had them, and then I... So I, I arranged it. I guess he really donated them. I, I just facilitated the, the transaction. Dude, this Ryza pattern... Last Cannon Trooper with the Augury Scanner looks yep. dope as hell, man. Brian, the guy who... Brian, the uh, he's a guy from Texas. He lives in Midland, Odessa area. Um, he painted most of that army, and he's a really good painter. Yeah, dude. This, for one, like, looking at these... Okay, then this is going to come off kind of like like looking at the last cans right now, you always see these like like rise of pattern or any underslung weapon that has a cable or stuff. A lot of people will just leave it off and not glue yep. it or not paint it. These are completely glued, bent on, per- perfectly assembled and beautifully painted and my gosh, dude, like I want just this squad like so bad. <laughs> and I don't know what I'd do with the last cannon squad in any other army except for Imperial Fist, so they're super good looking. So, kudos to you guys, man. These are some solid looking armies. I love the the red helmet with the white stripe. Mm. Yep. He did a really good job. And they're based beautifully with a subtle brown dirt with clumps of grass. Classic GW, <laughs> like, basing technique. <laughs> Static grass in dirt. Running through what appears to be a derelict baseball field. So. <laughs> they look good, man. They look good. And the yep. current price. Should I even say the price? Go check it out. Okay. Go check it out and you can see the price. There's 21 bids on it right now. And I don't think it's. How much time's point. left? Right now, as of this recording, which is Sunday, April 2nd, there is five days and 19 hours left. The auction will be done cool. April 8th of 2017. Yep. So, rock and roll, dude. Rock and roll. We got the link to find it. We got the link on our Facebook page, or you can just get on eBay itself and just type in uh, Free Buddhist Charity Auction or Imperial Fist Charity Auction, and it'll pop up. All day. And it's just a few few posts down on our Facebook page. So don't you're not gonna do that much looking for it. So rock and roll. Uh so that's all we got for shout outs for hobby progress. We got two questions before list list apocalypse. The first one that we're gonna go over is gonna be from Tom. Uh Tom says Hi, both. Just back from the holiday and finally got around to listening to episode 45. 
Thanks so much for reviewing my list and your help. You guys are such an awesome resource for people like me trying to get into 30K. I just had a few more quick questions. That would be great if you can answer. Appreciate your incredibly appreciate you're incredibly busy though so i don't treat this as a list emergency level uh he said he really appreciated the advice with the power fist instead of digital lasers and melta bombs on my praetor should i also swap out the power weapons and melta bomb on the slayer sergeants for power fists as well or is it not really worth it for only two-thirds of an attack because of no second specialist weapon uh two out of three attacks on the sergeants i actually prefer just going uh power weapon because uh, it's cheaper just go well it's the same price to go power weapon um melt bombs as it is to go power fist but like he said usually you're using it for the actual weapon not the melt bomb and you're getting the extra attack with the weapon so uh, uh the only reason it's good to do it on the praetor is the reason he listed where you get the double specialist weapon and it gives you the options so i wouldn't worry about it on sergeants Gotcha. And he says, for the power weapon in the list, should I be looking at swords or axes? It seems like you need a lot of AP2 and 30k, so I'm guessing axes. But for striking last, is a bit of a pain. Also, I have a fuck ton of sword bits and no axes. Kind of annoyed the Games Workshop broke down power weapons like this while I was out of the game. What do you think? Axes well, or If you swords? buy the swords, uh, I'm an axe guy, especially for Space Wolves. Why would they take a sword? They're always going to have axes. Um, also... If you buy the Forge World Power Weapon Kits, they come with, uh, no matter what set you buy, it comes with three axes. So if you buy the Mark II, Mark III kit, it's well, there's a Mark II kit, a Mark III kit, and a Mark IV kit, and they each one comes with three axes. Bad I think it's two... Axes too. I think they're two right hands and a left hand. It's, either, it's two of one hand and one of the other. I can't remember which one. So you'll get like two rights and a left, or two lefts and a right. I don't remember. But you can also find those bits on eBay where people have... Uh, broke them up and we'll sell the individual bits so you can find them that way and you could also take the space wolf axes too i mean that's also an option those you can find those all over ebay oh the plastic ones from 40k yeah, yeah. yep he says senior picks from stiff so it looks like you had an amazing time ryan enjoyed depticon sorry you can't go michael that really sucks it did uh would love to get over for the uk for it one day yeah, I hope you can too. And stay out of your lane, Ryan. You're much funnier that way. So never be in your lane, Ryan. Always be <laughs> in somebody else's lane. So appreciate hey, you, <laughs> Okay, the next question slash email that we got in comes from our buddy James. He says, hi, guys. Ryan, I hope you had a blast at Depticon. Monty, sorry, dude. I feel your pain, mate. Uh, so this has nothing to do with 30K, but it's literally the best thing I've seen on the internet for a week. Uh, I remember reading this back in 2012 only because it was one of only three books in our FOB. It was the last one I read, but I'd... Oh, or FOB. Yeah, front op, forward operating base. Uh, but I'd happily pay for this audiobook. I'm fucking crying at this. Think we could get him on to reading Master of Mankind. Keep up the good work, brothers. James Dean. Okay, so it is uh, Fifty Shades of Grey as read by Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you... play it. People can go find it. <laughs> Why not, dude? Like, uh, Do we have voicemails this week, or did we? nobody leave us any voicemails? You didn't mention voicemails. Oh, I didn't even think about voicemails. Did we play the... Yeah, I think we have one voicemail this week. 
Okay. Well, if you want to play this, go ahead, but it's kind of, it was a couple minutes long or whatever. I just want people to know who Gilbert Godfrey is and what his voice sounds like. So if you know, if you know what 50 shades of gray is, that was one of the recently popular, uh, publications that deals with like a, uh, I don't know. S and M S and M. I don't know. It's, so what it actually started as was Twilight fan fiction. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. So the story of Twilight between the the vampire guy and the girl. Okay. That, that was written by a, a Mormon lady. So she obviously Mormons are fairly conservative and that's why like the novel's written for more like, you know, young teens, whatever, but it doesn't deal with a lot of obviously sexually explicit things or whatever, just because of the, her, you know, her worldview, I guess. Okay. So somebody wrote a piece of fan fiction about Twilight, about what's the vampire's name? Edward? Yes, sure. <laughs> Why not? Okay. Well, Ed, the, whatever the vampire's name is and the, the, the girl in the movie or book. So somebody wrote fan fiction of them being like, uh, super hyper sexualized with like S and M and all this crazy shit going on between the two of them. Okay. And it became popular. Like it became really popular online, but the lady who wrote the book didn't approve of it. And because you know, of her religious worldviews and, and she was using, you know, her material and characters or whatever. So she told the breach. Yeah. Right. Right. So basically what happened, because it was so popular on the internet, the lady who wrote the fan fiction, the Twilight fan fiction that was all sexual erotic, just changed the names and changed the scenario slightly to where it was like this business relationship, like uh, the the receptionist or whatever she is, and this Grey, whatever his first name is, the guy that's the businessman. That's how Fifty Shades of Grey came about. So Fifty Shades of Grey is literally just Twilight fan fiction that's had the names changed and have been adopted over to be like this shitty version of a Harlequin romance novel that a bunch of middle-aged women read and got all excited about, and then it became this movie franchise. So that's what Fifty Shades of Grey is. Ryan, thank you so much for like spilling a little bit of your brain onto the podcast again. I love it every <laughs> time. Like I, I, You're welcome, everybody that was listening. You're fucking welcome. <laughs> that ride exists. <laughs> so let me let me drop a little knowledge for y'all. Gilbert Godfrey was the parrot from Aladdin. That's all I got. So <laughs> he's also the, was the the duck from uh, Geico till they or Aflac the Aflac duck until they fired him. They recorded because one he told time. like <laughs> he told some joke or something that people got offended because the world today is. Well, let's not get into that. But anyway, he's a comedian and he told a joke. Oh my God, let's fire him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this is Gilbert Godfrey reading uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, just a little snippet. He orders and slowly he inserts his thumb inside me, rotating it around <laughs> and around, stroking the front wall of my vagina. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> I like where you cut that off. It's pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
What's so funny? anyway, that's on YouTube. It's like it's like a two or three minute video. If you guys want to go listen to it, it's pretty funny. And he's like in a legit sound booth. It's hilarious. Like how how much like work went into that. <coughs> oh, that's great. Thank you, James. Thank you for bringing that into my life the- and bringing this Fifty Shades of Grey conversation yeah. into the uh, in into the into the the mix here. I'm really happy about that. And then we, we have one more email that I'm not going to read it out because the guy wanted to remain anonymous. But last week we talked about how I've not seen anyone complain about Thousand Sons or anything at an event. Well, I guess somebody who went to Adepticon that wanted to remain nameless uh, played one of the Thousand Sons armies that was there and said that the game wasn't fun and it was the only non-fun game that he had all weekend was against Thousand Sons. So... Uh, he just basically wanted to correct me that I didn't hear anyone complain, and I guess he said that he wanted to be the the first to complain. But he said he felt like it was a legit complaint, and that he does feel like they're overpowered. And there was points in the game where, due to their psychic abilities and things like that, that they totally dominated, and he wasn't able to do anything about it. And he found it uh, not fun to play against. Didn't so, he say that like there was uh, Magnus was able to take on like five thousand points by himself or something like that? Can we just get a snippet, um, a snippet of that email? Let's just leave it at what I said and call it good. Okay. I'm not. I don't want to start because even he said he didn't want to start a bunch of internet drama or whatever, and I don't either. I know a bunch of people that played Adepticon, and I'm friends with a lot of guys and all that, and I don't. I'm not trying to start shit. Okay. Well, we'll leave it at that. He did say in the email that he did not like hold it against the. The player. That's why he wanted to remain anonymous because he wasn't trying to hurt feelings or whatever. He said it had enough. The guy was that he played against was fun to play against, as far as like just being a person. It was a nice guy or whatever, and it wasn't his fault. He solely blamed it on that he feels the rules are busted, and there were certain things like mechanics that happened that he just literally couldn't do anything about. And he said it felt like the game was boring because it was so one-sided in the domination. Mm. Well, if you want to come tell your story on the show, let us know. We'll, we'll get you on. We'll modulate your voice. We'll do everything so you can get, you can get the <laughs> word out. <laughs> You'd be like, uh, be like in those, uh, uh, those drug wars uh, <laughs> shows where they like put have the ski mask on yeah. and they're like, <laughs> yeah, they're just. And that's when Magnus decided he was gonna. <laughs> <laughs> And Magnus ran and, and took everything I loved right there and then. So. <laughs> so anyway, so and that guy needs to get that uh that information over to I of Horus. I know they're looking for data, but it seems seems pretty out in the wild right now. It seems pretty pretty far, few and far between. I mean, I guess the lesson is like we've talked about. The one thing I will say about Thousand Sons is you can like you can build a list that only has one or two mastery levels in it if you want. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. I mean, you can tone it down as much as you want. And um once you do that, they're really not they're basically just like playing any other legion at that point. Yeah. You can play any And other I mean, I played psychic powers. Generic. Yeah, I played my Blood Angels with just furious charge on everybody forever, and I would argue that just the Thousand Sons Legion trait of being able to just say, these guys are Pavoni, even though they're not Psychers, but they get, you know, whatever bonuses. Or these Breacher... I mean, imagine... So we were thinking about this the other day. 
this is something I haven't seen yet, but how good would this be? So you can buy combat shields for, for an assault marine for five points a model. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. So assault marines are already kind of expensive, but imagine if you took a big assault marine squad and gave everybody a combat shield and then gave them whatever the Thousand Suns discipline is that increases your invulnerable save by one. Is it So every one of those assault marines will have a five up invul to shooting and a four up invul in close combat. Oh wait, for no, five points a guy. I think it's Corviday. It doesn't matter. Corviday's divination. Okay, then it's either Raptora. I think it's Raptora. I think it's Raptora is the the telekinesis one, the kind shields. Yeah, so five up and four up in combat, just submarines. Yep. Yep, and then you can do the same thing with breachers, and you don't have to because breachers already come with the shield that you don't have to buy. So I mean, just think how much better like those units are typically not that great, but I mean that makes them so much more durable. You know, just for basically for free, just using your legion trait, and it's not like you have to pick one and all your units get that. You can literally tailor your list like my uh, these veterans or these uh, tactical marines who I want the fury of the legion with. I'll take um, Corvidae on, so when they stand still, the fury of the legion, I get to reroll my ones, and then these cataphracty guys get uh, Pavoni, so that they get kind shields or whatever and these bikes that already have hammer of wrath take the pyromancy one that get double hammer of wrath you know what i'm saying so even without psychic powers you can still make a really good marine army yeah that's all i'm saying now it's out there you just lit the flame you just started you mean lit the flame you just you actually more like put the kid tone them down and not put psychic powers in the army and they're still going to be a good army like people are just like they think that whatever reason that every fucking model needs to be a psyker no and i i guess i feel like their legion their legion trait the way it reads to me is it's already representing every model as a psyker they're just at basically not even a level one they'd be like a level zero or a half level and they're using like what would be cantrips in D D to make like basic shit better that's what the kind shields are that's what the extra hammer of wrath is, stuff like that. Yeah, it's like super minor psychic powers that you don't have to basically roll; they're always active, essentially. Yeah, which is great. Right, but overlooked because of so, the actual psychic powers, which are much better. Right. Yeah. But anyway, I'm just throwing like you can actually tone them down. Like if you, you, there's no reason you can't run thousand suns and run something that, you know, isn't that bad. I guess. And hopefully you do. You can also take them to insane levels of power where they are far and away the best army in 30k, hands down, in my opinion. I gotcha. Sounds good. We'll get off that. I'm going back yep. in the voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got a voicemail in. Uh, let's see what it's about. in Tucson again. I, um, just apparently there's also a group in Tucson that plays 30K that I didn't know about because, uh, I found out about it when I just happened to be ran- randomly at the game store. I had been in a while. So I figured I'd give their Facebook group a shout out because I'm sure there's other people in my town that are looking for 30K that just are like, what the hell? Nobody plays 30K here. 
because unfortunately the store didn't have a notice about oh hey there's a 30k event on sunday so i didn't i wasn't able to make this week's and i didn't know about facebook page till uh way after the fact so anyway anyone in tucson that is looking to find out where the hell all the 30k people are in our tiny little town it's called tucson 30k legionnaires so hopefully the Arizona, the other people in our town will be a lot more proactive on uh, promoting themselves. I'm not trying to throw shade on anybody. I was just kind of bitter because I didn't know about it for like <laughs> a while. And I don't have Facebook, so I have to have other people look the shit up for me. I don't have internet at my house. Anyway. Sorry for the rant. Just figured other people would like to know. I'm trying to bring the communities together. So, you know, there's hopefully we can get, you know, some of the Phoenix guys down here. I definitely do plan to go up to Phoenix for that one event in uh, May. So, anyway, keep up the good work, guys. Bye. Badass. So, dudes looking for dudes. Tucson 30K Legionnaires Group. I'm glad you reminded me about voicemails. We would have missed that. How did we not get voicemails into the conversation before the cast? I don't know. Okay. That's okay. That's okay. Let's make sure I didn't miss any other ones. I've gotten more people wanting Heresy Camp. We're good. Just so you know. We're good. There's We're, We're good. We're good. Yeah, we're good on voicemails. There's that. That was it. And then the uh, heresy camp. I thought it was like a done deal because I, I was telling you that we have more people, even more people from last podcast, to contact me about heresy camp. Uh, oh my gosh, it's gotta. It's. I don't know. I gotta set a hard date on like when like planning begins. A hard date. It doesn't seem like it's going to be that hard. It's going to be just like getting the right venue, making sure everything's correct and all that jazz and like make sure we have like everything settled. So, well, like I said, if it's next year, um, cause all my vacation's gone for this year. Right. It's gone definitely next year. I've and in, and in next year. Too many cons, Nova's stiff, whatever. So as long as a uh, games workshop, uh, doesn't kill 30 K, between now and then with eighth edition, then I'm good to go. And I honestly plan on, if you guys want, I could rent a U-Haul truck or trailer and load up a ton of my tables and shit and drive them all the way uh, to Texas. And we could use some of my terrain. Absolutely. I absolutely want that (laughs) happening. I, I was going to the uh, looking up this 30k Tucson group right now, and yep. the South Texas page popped up, and Josh Corick posted up test mini for my next stiff army. Like it's already like already in the works. <laughs> like <laughs> so, it's so funny. But but yeah, dude, absolutely. Like your terrain, your like presence. Like I want like. I don't know. I want like it to be multiple groups, like planning different things and like planning different events and all that stuff. 
So. Well, I shot you a bunch of my ideas, and Tim from I Have Horse kind of helped with some ideas too. So we were talking about different things we could do, and I thought you said you saved all that stuff. I did. It's all in my notes. You want me to read it off? Especially the Build a Praetor one? Because that's my favorite. No, I wouldn't, because you'll just get more people pumped, and we'll just have more people going, to heresy can't. I mean, I guess you can. I can't see that. That's very fucking blurry, sir. I just want to let you know. See how it's my notes and all your ideas are in there? Yeah. Oh, we yeah. Get the li- My favorite was the have everyone bring a bunch of bits and single base character model. All the bits are dumped into a community pile on a table and then a set of one-hour time there. Person who builds the coolest converted character wins a prize. Jesus Christ, that's so fucking cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I just imagine like, like how like childish that's gonna be. Like you know, because you're like managing basically like a bunch of kids at this point because they're probably be drinking and all that. And I just like picture like Josh yeah. with, like fucking bits all over his fingers, glued to him, just ah! <laughs> like bits in his beard, yeah, in his beard. <laughs> yeah, that's a cool one, dude. So I didn't see what Tim added, so uh, I guess I'm gonna have to go into our little chat that we have and see what else is in there. But my favorite thing is the uh, like podcast host, like the podcast family feud. Oh, if we could get all the podcasters, podcast family feud. Like we're gonna play pod, or we're just gonna do like a Q and A, or what's happening? No, 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 like. Well, read. It's in the notes. Did you miss that? Well, I don't remember that. It says live podcast extravaganza with all horse heresy podcasts present in front of a live studio audience. Get the audience to ask us live questions or tell stories live. Basically, a live version of our voicemails. Last segment of the extravaganza should be a live trivia game show between the podcast and all questions being heresy related. Oh, you'd win that. Like heresy jeopardy or some shit with buzzers and such. Or Spelling Bee style, where a podcaster walks up to the mic and gets asked a question, and you're eliminated if you get it wrong. All of this with a drunk audience being Twitch stream live, of course. Oh, my goodness. That's that's real. Like, Because you're going to get like, somebody like <laughs> JP up there who's just going to fucking yep. like, whip ass. Murder everybody. <laughs> yeah. But it'd be awesome. Like, Imagine how much fun that would be. I just imagine like JP just like, walking up to the mic. Uh, just a correction on the last thing he said. He said the Trisagian, which actually was like, it's, you know, just completely. No. So like, you've already messed up. Have you met JP in person? <laughs> no, no, not like you. I did it at Adepticon. You did not start your sentence with fuck, bud, in a Canadian accent. <laughs> or hey, bud. Uh, fuck, bud. Which I love. Uh, <laughs> I'm not I'm not shitting on JP at all. I love it. Like, now every time JP types anything on the phone and sends me a message, I start the message in my head with hey, bud, or fuck, bud. And then read his thing in his voice. It's amazing. I love it. It's my new favorite thing. It makes me smile. So now every time he sends me a message, I immediately smile because I imagine JP like walking up all friendly like, ah, fuck, bud. We need to. (laughs) And then goes on with whatever he says. (laughs) So fuck, bud. There's a little bit of a misunderstanding in your previous answer you gave. I know they counted it right, but it's actually not. Let me just go ahead and explain. Yeah. <laughs> so. So funny. Little teasers for Heresy Camp. Uh, we'll get more on that, and we'll be we'll discuss that more later on. 
so I think we're here, man. We've made it. We've made it to the list apocalypse. List of list apocalypse. Are you ready? Apocalystus. Apocalystus. It's gonna cool. take forever. It's gonna be like a nine hour episode. We gotta do it. We gotta get it gotta All get right. it knocked out. So buckle your seatbelts, boys. It's about to happen. Uh you might want to go get a drink of water, go get something. Uh put it on pause for a second and get ready. Get ready for it, because here it comes. So I wish I had music right here. I was like, doo, 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 doo. so first list that we're gonna go over, Mark Henry. Mark Henry walks writes in with three thirty five hundred point world leader list, allied with word bearers. Am I do I have the right? List no, 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 no. We've already done that one. Read that he sent another email after that. Okay. Oh, already. hang on. You don't have it. Here, I'll read it. It's only one sentence. Out the he gate. replied to me. Out the gate, man out the gate we fucked up (laughs) but anyway he says because we wrote him that 3500 point list remember that yes so he replied to that and he said hey i just got to the point in the show where you mentioned my list i think there was a misunderstanding i was looking at a 2500 point list in addition to taking the world eater with allied uh word bearer 35 point or 3500 point list in the email um i hear you guys are slammed so please don't worry about it uh, if you were too busy, sorry for the confusion. So he wanted a 2,500-point world eater list with no allies to go with the 3,500-point list. Ah, okay. So, and, so, and and I don't know if you guys remember the 3,500-point list, but he wanted something that had a shitload of, like, Dreadclaws, Charybdises, like some type of orbital assault list for world eaters. Remember he that he had the list that Michael John helped with about the post. No, yeah, I remember. Um, I'm just like rereading his email. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, okay. I see what he's talking about. Okay, yeah. So anyway, I went back through and basically because I know the models that he had because we've we've been talking back and forth about lists. So this was using models that I know that he has um, from that 3,500 point list and stuff that he has laying around. So I had to build it constructing constructing out of stuff that he already had and still using the same theme as the other army, but get it down to 2,500 points and only world eaters. So this is a pretty rough list. So it starts with Karn as the warlord, and he's taking the Crimson Path Rite of War, and he has Gorechild. Then his second HQ would be Galen Serlak, which is the guy that you know unlocks where the apothecaries can all give the extra... No attack per guy and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. And four up, feel no pain. Yeah. So for his first troop selection, it is an 18-man World Eater tactical squad. Um, the sergeant has artificer armor, power weapon, melt bombs and all the other guys just have bolt pistol chain axe. And Karn and Galen Serlak will be with um, these guys. Then his second troop choice is a 19-man tactical squad the sergeant has artificer armor power weapon melt bombs and all of those guys also all the normal guys have bolt pistol chain axe then the third group choice is a five-man tactical support squad with flamer chain axe bolt pistol on all the guys the sergeant also has artificer armor and melt bombs on top of that and then the fourth and final troop slot 
is taken up by another five-man tactical support squad with flamer, bolt pistol, chain axe on every guy. Sergeant has artificer, armor, melt bombs. So those are the Scalathrax pattern world eater guys. Um, for elites, I have a apothecary detachment with two apothecaries. So, oh, sorry. So when I said Gallon, Serlac, and Karn go in the 18-man, I lied. One of these basic apothecaries and Karn go in the 18-man, and then the other apothecary goes in the 19-man. Um, for the second elite slot, I have eight Red Butchers. The Devoured has a Chain Fist and Thunder Hammer, and the other guys just have double power axes. This is the unit that Gallon Serlac goes into, because he can join any unit. The other apothecary can only join the tacticals. Um, for fast attack, I have two Anvilus Dreadclaws. So the two five-man tactical support squads, the Scalathrax guys, will go into the Dreadclaws. And then for heavy support, I have three, count them three, Charybdis Assault Claws. And the butchers with the butchers, <laughs> yeah, the butchers with Gallon Serlac going one, and then the uh, eighteen man with Karn and an apothecary going the other, and then the nineteen man with the apothecary going the other, and then because you have five, you have two dread claws and three Charybdises, all three Charybdises can come in turn one. Jesus, boom, 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 yeah, five and that's sweet. a twenty five hundred point list. So this is a really rough list. But I didn't really know how else to build it with the theme and the models that he has. Because he has all these models except one Charybdis. Mm. So, I mean, it is what it is. That's, uh, that's pretty solid. I mean, it's like fast-hitting, hard-hitting, like no no questions. Runs like any other... Orbital I mean, the one system. weakness it has, it has like zero ranged anti-tank. So if you can... Uh, you know, to kind of take out the dread claws or whatever. Um, and really, honestly, even assault anti-tank, it has good, like anything that's rear armor 10 is dead because you just got so many quantity of attacks with chain axes. They're going to rip any of that stuff apart. Yeah. But like, it's really going to struggle. I mean, even against like, um, like a fast, a Sakaran that's, yeah. Yeah. Like, well, even a Sakaran that's armor 12 on the back, the, uh, if you're, unless you, I guess you were playing multi-bombing, you can crack grenade it down, which most people do. But like land raiders, anything armor fourteen on the back or anything like that, it, this army's gonna really struggle to destroy because really all you have is Karn, the melt bombs on the sergeants, and then the the one red butcher with a chain fist. Other than that, you don't have anything in the army that can hurt any of that. So it does have weaknesses. Yeah. Huh. Just tough armor, heavy armor. Yeah. Yeah. In speed, like you said, if somebody played like an all jet bike army or something, it's that where they can kind of run from this maneuver around it. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, like playing against jet bike army. But you really don't see a lot of jet bike armies or people in. in Leviathan dreadnoughts. This list would struggle against Leviathans if they could take out Karn and the and tie up the red butchers with something where the basically get rid of the two guys with armor bane in there, and where all you have to worry about is like a single sergeant with a melt bomb. A Leviathan would, you know, mulch through. Yeah. A lot of guys so it's not like the you know the world is in i mean against a lot of armies it's gonna be rough like a lot of people have a rough time dealing with this but some people wouldn't it's just kind of gonna be a matchup thing so i don't necessarily think it's like cheesy but it is a rough list even a cortis would give it trouble thinking about it because armor 13 on the front yeah yeah i don't know so it's still fun i mean it's, it's fast. super themey yeah it's fast super themey 
uses all the models that he had, and I still think it'll be pretty decent. It'd be something S- different. Second turn, you could wall people in to their deployment zone. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty early. <laughs> yep, I dig it. So, so that's that one. And I'd already sent it to him. He proves he likes it. I like it. It feels like in my head that feels like the because uh, he was basing that army off of Betrayer originally. And so that feels like the people that came from the ship and were like, we're going to go fucking party. Like, we're going. The tri- the Triari or whatever? Yeah, yeah, the Triari. They're just like, they're bouncing. Because he could, he could basically, you could take Karn out of this list and just replace him with like a generic Praetor and yeah. call that guy a Delvaris and make this a Triari list. That's, that's kind of what I was thinking. That's kind of where I was going with it was like, probably add more Terminators to the list, if anything, or like make the Red Butchers look more terminator-y than actual red butchers but still use them as red butchers but still dig it i like it yep so they had to go yep. somewhere somebody's got to play that army <laughs> all right so that's one list down that's quick easy yep so this comes from chase chase says hey guys love the podcast and list review i need some help uh this weekend, I oh shit. <laughs> this weekend, I'm playing a very large game. It's a two v two Trader Iron Warriors and World Eaters versus Iron Hands and Mechanicum. Five uh, k per batch. So we're kind of late on this. one. So here. I I already dealt with this. We already did this like a couple weeks back. This was like if you scroll down through the thread of emails because uh-huh. he emailed us several times. The the part that we're looking for is he says. Thanks again, Ryan. We had to cancel the game. Do you see that one where he replied? I do not. I think he just might have replied to you, bud. Okay. Well, he says, Thanks again, Ryan. We had to cancel the game, but we couldn't get mad. The dude was in the emergency room. That doesn't sound good. He doesn't say why. He says, uh, Where do you get the rule for suborbital wing? I'm building my world use <sighs> army, and I'm looking for an orbital assaulty list with dread claws and charybdises as well as some really cool flyers. Any ideas on what could work? So um, I sent him the rules for suborbital wing and told him what book it was in, so he had all that information. And I told him, I said, I can write you up a list if you want. I got to do a similar one anyway. The similar one I was talking about was the one we just read off, the Mark Henry list. Right. And then he says, that's totally awesome. I totally overlooked that, talking about the suborbital wing. And he says, yes, I would very much appreciate it if you could write me up a... uh, world eater flyer list for me could be 3k to 3.5k for the list uh could you try to have a fire raptor and maybe two avengers and a suborbital wing the rest is fair game so basically he wanted a uh let me say he wanted a orbital assaulty list with dread claws charybdises a fire raptor and two avengers and it needs to be 3k to 3500 points Okay. So that's what he wanted. And that is Chase. So let me find it here. So I basically just kind of took Mark Henry's list, because like that was the one I was talking about similar, and just kind of went off of that. So I don't want to... We'll go through it quick, because it's kind of the same thing. So instead of Karn, um, I just got rid of Karn and replaced Karn with the generic Praetor. So it's just a Praetor taking the Crimson Path right of War with Paragon Blade, Power Fist, Melta Bombs, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, and that's 190 points, so it's the exact same points as Karn. 
So if Chase wanted to put Karn in this list, he could. It would be an even swap. Um, then for the second HQ, it's also Gal and Surlac, just like the last list. Um, for troops, I have the same 18-man tactical squad from the last list, um, the same 19-man tactical squad from the last list, and the two same um, tactical support squads with flamers, bolt pistol, uh, chain axes on every guy. Except on these, the sergeants have artificer armor, power weapon, and melt bombs And there's also one extra marine in each squad. So it's two six-man squads. So just to recap, it's an 18-man tactical, a 19-man tactical, a six-man tactical support, a six-man tactical support. They all have additional chain axes. Um, so they all have bolt pistol chain axe. The tactical support guys also have flamers. All the sergeants have artificer armor. All the sergeants have melted bombs, and all the sergeants have power weapons that you'll probably make axes. Um, for elites, I took a apothecary detachment with a single apothecary in it. Um, for the second elite choice, I took five red butcher terminators. Um, they all have the double chain axes. The sergeant or the devoured has a, a chain fist and thunder hammer. Um, then for the second elite choice, I took five normal cataphracty terminators. The sergeant has a power fist. Um, and then the four normal guys, two of them have power fist, two of them have chain fist and they had bought a dedicated anvilist dread claw. Then for the fourth elite slot, I have the exact same unit. So another five generic cataphracty, uh, three power fist, two chain fists in the unit in a dedicated dread claw for fast attack. I have three anvilist dread claws. So, the Red Butcher Squad will go in one, um, and then the two six-man tactical support squads will go in the other two. And then for heavy support, I have two Charybdis Assault Claws. So the 18-man with Gallon Surlac, the Praetor, um, will all go in one of the Charybdises, and then the 19-man with the generic Apothecary will go in the other Charybdis. Um, for the third... And final heavy support choice, I have the Fire Raptor gunship he wanted. So it has uh, the Reaper autocannon batteries in the side and four Hellstrike missiles on the wings. So 230-point standard loadout Fire Raptor. And then for Lord of War, I have a suborbital wing with two Avengers um, that both have Kraken penetrator missiles and battle servitor controls. Dig it. So that's this should be of, everything you want to hear. <laughs> yep, it's got two Crusaders, a Fire Raptor, two Charybdises, and five Anvilists Pattern Dreadclaws. And then it's got Red Butchers, five Red Butchers, ten Cataphracty, six, uh, twelve Scalithrax Pattern Dudes, um, a Praetor or Karn, Gallon Surlac, and what, 20, 30, 47, no, sorry. 37 tactical marines with bolt pistol chain axe. It's a lot of moving there. Yeah. But so that's at least, that's at least a 3500 point list. Basically like you like what 3 quarters of your army will be in combat like by turn 2. So doing what they got it. Yeah. So yeah. Cuz it's got Let's see what did we say? It's got five anvilists and Two Charybdis, so that's seven drop pods. So you're gonna get four turn one. Yeah. 
And then this by turn two, yeah, you will fucking be there. Those crib just dropping off babies. That's so, cool. Like it, I'm gonna it, send this. What's crazy is like because that's a three thousand point list, and so three thousand five hundred thirty five hundred point list. So like you're looking at yeah. like normally those games are gonna fucking take forever, but since you like are basically in face in like punching range first second turn. That should make the game go by a lot quicker, a lot, lot faster, because you're taking guys off the table second turn. So, I like it. Very bloody, very bloody. I think we have a lot of new. Seems like world leaders have become really popular lately. There's lots of people playing world leaders. We get a lot of world leader list anymore. I wonder what changed. Um, I don't know. Something in the meta. Something's in the water. People just started seeing the how. Uh, I think maybe the update, the update in the Legion's book that made him slightly better. You know, the made chain axes better, all that stuff. And then I'm not a fan of the blue and white personally. I actually like the newer scheme, like the later scheme where they the turn more red and white. Yeah. I think that looks a lot better for me. I like that better. So maybe that could be it. Um, but um, I don't know. I don't. I don't really know. But they they seem to be, you know, more and more popular. Sounds good to me. So you ready for the next list? I'm ready. So this list comes all the way from New Zealand. Uh, so this is a Night Lords uh, 2000 point drop salt Vanguard list. Uh, looks like it says, Hi guys, I've decided to try something different my Night Lords for an upcoming narrative event we have coming up in October. It's a 2000 point orbital assault Vanguard list. I'm in no rush for y'all to reviewing it as I know you're flat out with upcoming events. Uh, Kurz will be blocking, rocking around with Raptors, joined with an Apothecary and Chaplain. I'm not sure if the two Javelins are better to be in a squad or split them up and have them outflank from two different board edges. Oh, by the way, since I haven't heard any Willow talk, here's some trivia that I only found out about. Parts of it were filmed here in New Zealand. I had no idea. Anyway, keep up with the podcast and Ryan, stay in your fucking lane, bro. Cheers, Andrew from New Zealand. So I hope you learned something with that, Ryan. Did you know Willow's pieces were filmed in New Zealand? It doesn't surprise me. They film a lot of fantasy movies like that in New Zealand, but I did not know that. It must be fucking nice to live in New Zealand, you know? Like, oh, just beautiful everything around you all the time. <laughs> Whatever. Beautiful everything. Yeah, you look out your door and it's like a postcard ready to get sent. Anyway, so this is the list he sent in. He's got a chaplain with artificer armor, jump pack, plasma pistol, and a power weapon. Uh, then he's got a 10-man assault squad with melted bombs on the sergeant, artificer armor, and a nostrumman chain glaive. Uh, he's got that twice, so only the sergeant's ready to kick ass in that unit. Uh, under his elite choice, he's got an apothecary with a jump pack and a Nostrum chain glaive. Then just one. And he's got a Terminator squad of five men. Two of them have lightning claws. Two of them have chain fist. 
they all have teleportation transponders. And the sergeant has a grenade harness with a single lightning claw. Uh, under the fast attack choice, he's got two Legion Javelins with the multi-melta upgrade. We upgraded their their heavy bolters to multi-meltas. And so I guess they're just rocking the missile launchers on them. Uh, then he's got six Night Raptors. Five of them have Nostrum Chain Glaives. And the Huntmaster has an Artificer artificer Armor with Power Axe. Ar- artificer Armor. I don't know why I had trouble saying that. Reminds me of old school <laughs> I've Horus, man. Artificer. Artificer. Anyway. Uh, under the heavy support choice, he's got a Legion Fire Raptor with Armored Ceramite, four Hell Strikes, and he upgraded to the Reaper Auto Cannon. And under the Lord of War choice, he took Conrad Kurz. I missed a solid list to begin with. What'd you change? Can't be much. Nah, I didn't change a whole lot. Let me open it up here. I was emailing some of these lists as we go through them. Andrew. Okay, so what I changed on it was I took... I still have the uh, chaplain, but I got rid of the plasma pistol. I'm just not a fan of plasma pistols. And what I did is I, I took those points and bought him a boarding shield. So it's a chaplain with artific- artificer armor, uh, power axe, boarding shield, jump pack. So he's getting defensive grenades um, and an invulnerable save now. Correct. Yeah. So it just makes him. A- yeah. Well, I guess he just would- had a plasma pistol. That- did you did you do it for the defensive grenades? Because like I'm guessing like eight times out of ten, yes, he's going to be getting hardcore. Before the the only invulnerable saves you can buy for a a console level character is a refractor field or a boarding shield. Yeah. So it's to me they're the same points. Like why not get the defensive grenades for basically the same saves for the same points? I gotcha. I was just thinking about like I mean, super cover saves, but I guess I'm only thinking about him getting uh, attacked and like uh, in shooting. But I can right, yeah, that. an assault. Yeah, you'll need the invulnerable save. Yeah, okay. So anyway, uh, instead of running the two t- the two ten man assault squads, I just bumped them up to fifteens. The assault marines are cheaper on the back end, so it's better to make the squads larger if you can. Plus, I'm not a huge fan of 10-man tacticals because inevitably some die before you make it into combat, and then you're left with like just this really substandard, not very good unit. And also with Night Lords, if you outnumber your opponent, they get better. They get plus one to hit and plus one um, to wound, which is extremely good. So having a 15-man assault squad, you're going to count as 30 because they're bulky. And then even if you lose a few guys, you're still going to outnumber most units to get your bonus. All day. Oh, yeah. So, two 15-man assault squads, uh, both of them have Artificer Armor and Nostrum and Chain Glades on the Sergeant, and um, every Marine in both squads have Melt-A-Bombs. So, hashtag multi-bombing. <laughs> um, for Elites, um, I have a, a five-man uh, Terminator squad. They're Cataphracty Armor. Three of them have single Lightning Claws. Uh, one of them has a chain fist, and then the sergeant has a chain fist and grenade harness. You need the grenade harness on these guys because you're running the three lightning calls in there, so if you end up having chargers to cover or whatever, you want to be able to strike at initiative. Um, and they took a dedicated anvilus dread claw. So if you look, um, his terminators are just um, 
deep striking in, I went ahead and bought the single dread claw on this army so that they're going to come in turn one. Okay. Um, it's just much better. It's, it's way better to get those guys turn one and not have to worry about deep striking, standing in a circle, pulling on your pud, not being able to do anything for a turn on turn two, and then turn Finally. three. Yeah. Maybe getting to assault because once those cataphracty land and they can't run or move, everybody's going to move away from them. Like, why would you stand there next to them knowing that next turn they're going to move and assault? Right. So the dread call allows them to get where they need to go, protects them more, and actually allows you to get into range to assault. So then um, he only had one apothecary in his army. Uh, I went ahead and put a second one in. So I have two apothecaries in a single detachment. Both of them have power swords and jump packs, and both of those are going to go in the two 15-man assault squads to make them tougher. Um, then for fast attack, I have a single javelin speeder with pinnel mounted multi-melta. So it's just a standard javelin with the missile launchers, um, and then a pinnel mounted multi-melta. And then for heavy support, I have a fire raptor gunship with the auto cannon batteries, four Hellstrike missiles. Um, so it's the same as his. I just dropped the armored ceramide on it. I think it's an upgrade you can easily give up. There's not a lot of anti-air that has melta other than a storm eagle. Um, the case just does, but it's blast, so it can't target flyers. Do, do you know of any other melta weapons that have skyfire other than the multi melta on a storm eagle? Does the oh no, the cestus is blast. So. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So it's not an upgrade you really need. It's easy. It's the first thing I would shave to get points. So that's what I did. And then no, last but not really. least. Yeah, last but not least, Conrad Kurz is in the list. So basically the way it differs from his list is I dropped a single Javelin and the Night Raptors, but with those points, I bought the Dreadclaw for the Terminators to make them far more effective, um, bought an extra Apothecary, and made both those Assault Marine squads larger. So it's similar in a lot of ways, but because he's running the drop assault vanguard both of these big 15 man squads will show up turn one with apothecaries attached and then the chaplain can go in the one with curs or the chaplain go in the one and the curs can go in the other however you want to do it the terminators are also going to show up turn one and then you can either start the the single javelin on the border outflank it so really all you might have in reserve is the the fire raptor so it's just more puts more things on the board to you know right off the bat and I just felt like he only had six Night Raptors in the list. It's just not... Like, I would rather just make those Assault Marine squad bigger. Like, instead of having three smaller units that are less effective that can be whittled down to where they become totally ineffective, I would rather just get rid of one and make the other two bigger and more effective. And I went with the ones that were scoring be, um, to, you know, make his scoring better for an objective game. That makes sense. I mean... That way you're not just trying to kill your opponent. You're also pretty like good and tagging objectives and things like that. So, yeah. Right. So. I get it. And for the points, like, Night Raptors used to be okay, but then they, because, like, Assault Marines were really bad because they were the same as they are now, but just, like, way more points than they, than they are now. So Night Raptors used to be like, well, I can get a Night Raptor for roughly the cost of an Assault Marine, so Night Raptors are better. But they, now they suffer from, now that Assault Marines have been drastically reduced in points. <laughs> now they're... Like, you don't really get... Yeah. 
yeah, now now you don't really get that much of, more of a benefit for the extra point you're paying for the Night Raptors. Plus, Night Raptors don't score because they're fast attack. Just, uh, you know, hang out till uh, book eight. I'm pretty sure they'll be revisited. <laughs> and until then. Yeah, hopefully. Because yeah. right now I feel like they're pretty subpar for for what you're paying for. I, I mean, I haven't seen a single list with them. I've never played against Night Raptors. Their rules are fine. They're just too many points because they're just single wound power armor guys that can't go in a vehicle. So that's pretty easy to kill. They're pretty pricey for that. Yeah. Easy enough. So, yep. So anyway, that's what I came up with for Andrew. So hopefully he likes it. It's pretty straightforward. I mean, it's another yeah. like... It's very similar to what he had, like I said. Uh, he may not like the changes. That would... The list that I wrote would be like how I would prefer to play that style of list where it's guaranteeing more models on the table turn one and making them more effective and tougher, basically. So you're not gambling as much, I guess. It's making it it's gonna be more reliable and consistent. Yeah. Agreed. I think it'll do fine. Conrad Curse yep. never lets down unless he fights a Leviathan. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Next list is a Space Wolf list. 2,500 comes from Shane. Shane says, Well, you're my favorite podcast besides Jake. Gotta support my local Covenant of Fire. Either way, I always enjoy your list and the ways you tweak to make things work better. I am new to the miniature board game world for about seven months or so, although not new to reading Dawn of War and other 40K stuff. I have a Vilka Fenrique army and have just played a couple of games with it. Still learning rules of the game. Below is my list, which I'm learning and enjoying. I just want to add a Leviathan into the pack to get a good HS punch. Heavy support punch. My favorite Dreadnought model. I'm having a tough time deciding what to get rid of to make it work for the Leviathan. Would love to hear some ideas from you and see which tweaks you would make to improve it. Thanks and keep up the good work. Uh, first things first, guys, go check out Jake with the Covenant of Fire podcast. He is a badass dude and probably one of my favorite podcasts to listen to whenever he posts up. Definitely hilarious 30K content and a super nice guy. So, Jake over at the Covenant of Fire podcast. But that's just because I saw it come up in his email. So, Shane's list has a Praetor with the Orbital Assault Ride of War, Aether Rune Armor, Bolt Pistol, Paragon Blade, Digital Lasers, <coughs> Iron Halo, Ints, and he's going to be inside of a Charybdis, which we'll mention later. Or maybe we won't, because I don't see it in the list. It just says in Charybdis, but I don't see a Charybdis on here. Anyway, uh, then he's got a Priest of Fenris. Well, it's definitely not in the points. Okay, whatever. Then he's got a Priest of Fenris with a Speaker of the Dead, Great Frostblade, Aetherian Armor. Then he's got a Priest of Fenris, Great Frostblade with Artifice Armor. Then he's got 10 Gray Slayers with a Huskarl with Power Fist, Artifice Armor, Combat Shield, Melt Bombs. And it, there's going to be two Power Weapons in the unit, two Combi Weapons in the unit, five Combat Shields in the unit, a Legion Vexilla inside of a Drop Pod. Uh, he's got that exact same Gray Slayer squad three times. Then he's got five Varagir Terminators. Then he's got the Varagir Thane with a Chain Fist, a second Frostblade. And four Varagir Terminators, four of them have Chain Fist, and four have a second, all four of them have second Frostblade. Pretty cool loadout. Uh, 
three half claws, one with sword. Three claws, one sword. What does that mean? The Charybdis is right after that. Oh, and they're they've got a dedicated Charybdis. Is that how that's working? It's oh, not dedicated. He just put it there. It's just weird formatting. Of... Okay, okay. So then there's a Charybdis right after that. So inside that Charybdis is going to be the five Varigar Terminators, uh, the Praetor, and the priests. Pre one priest. Yep. Okay. Then he's got a veteran Space Marine uh, squad. The veteran sergeant has combi weapon. They're machine killer vets, which, remember, you can choose at the beginning of the game. You don't have to establish that now. Uh, then he's got four veteran Space Marines, four combi weapon melta, four combi weapons. They're all meltas. And then he's got the all of them loaded up with melta bombs in a drop pod. Then he's got a Contemptor Quarters Dreadnought, Talon, close combat arm with graviton gun, chain fist with graviton gun, extra armor, and dreadclaw drop pod. My favorite loadout for the Cortis Dreadnought right there. Dreadclaw drop pod. Is that supposed to say Dreadnought drop pod? Yeah, um, Dreadnought drop pod. No, because they're 115. He probably just bought two fast attack anvilluses to put them in. Okay. It's only 115? Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So what'd you do, Ryan? How'd you get that Leviathan in there? Well, unfortunately... I, basically what I did, and th this is going to be controversial, there's going to be a bunch of space with people mad. I'm not a fan of their special Terminators. Oh. I don't, I can't, you can't, you can't justify the points that you're paying over just normal Cataphracty, in my opinion. So, I would just take normal Cataphracty, uh, decorate them up, and just, you know, say that they're those guys, or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, don't use their rules. Just use standard cataphracty rules or whatever. So that's where I made some of the points. And then I also got rid of the two contemptors because I figured you're, you know, you're putting the Leviathan in kind of to replace them. But anyway, so the list that I came up with for him is it's a 2,484 point list. So he'll have 16 points. He can throw some extra war gear on something or whatever. So what I came up with was uh, a Praetor with the right of war orbital assault and he has a uh, ether rune armor, uh, paragon blade, melt bombs, digital lasers, iron halo. And then for the second HQ, I have a priest of Fenris speaker of the dead with great frost blade, ether rune armor and melt bombs. And then for the third mandatory HQ, because this is a 2,500 point list, I just have a basic centurion. So just a 50 point guy and then I gave him Artificer Armor, Great Frost Blade, Melt Bombs, Boarding Shield. So he's 100 points. I actually think that's a pretty badass character for 100 points. Um, then for troops, I have the exact same Grayslayer squads that he took. So it's uh, 10 Grayslayers. Five of them have combat shields. Two of them have power weapons. Two of them have combi weapons. One of them has a Legion Vexilla. And then the Huskarl has a Power Fist, Artificer Armor, Combat Shield. And they are in a drop pod, so I have that exact unit three times, just like he did. For elites, I took standard Cataphracty Terminators. There's eight of them. Um, three of them have single lightning claws. Four of them have chain fist. The sergeant has a power fist. That unit's only 325 points, um, as opposed to his... I don't know what his, He doesn't have the cost of his Terminators. Oh, for only five... 75. No, for only oh, five sorry. of the Varang uh, five of the uh, Varagir Terminators are three ten. So for only fifteen more points, I'm getting 
three more Terminators to put in the unit. So, I, it's, you know what I mean? I I just, the math to me doesn't really add up on those guys, but that's just me. Then for the second Elite choice, I got uh, the same uh, Meltavet squad that he has. So it's a uh, five uh, Space Marine veterans. Four of them have combi meltas. The sergeant also has a combi melta, and they're in a drop pod. And then for the third Elite choice, I have another of that exact unit. So another five uh, Melta Marines, uh, Combi Melta Vets, all in a drop pod. Then for heavy support, I have a Charybdis. And then for the second heavy support slot, I have a Leviathan uh, Dreadnought in a Dreadnought drop pod. And the Leviathan is armed with Storm Cannon, uh, two twin-linked Volkite Calivers in the chest, Armored Ceramite, and Phosphex Discharger. So his list originally was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven drop pods. So this list that I wrote is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Does it sound right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven drop pods as well. So the difference is I basically swapped one contemptor for the Leviathan and then swapped the other contemptor for another five-man vet squad and then swapped his uh, five... Uh, special Terminators for eight generic Cataphracty, and then kind of adjusts his characters a little bit. And then, like I said, he's got 16 more points. He can throw War Gear on something if he wants. Sounds good. Sounds like he squeezed it in. Lost a lost a couple of... Uh, I mean, if you're going to take a, court, a, a Leviathan instead of a Cortis, I mean, that's a plus right there, and that's going to be much more survivable. Right. And then the other... Then the other Cortis, I swap for another five Melt Events. So I don't feel like it's a bad change. No, I mean, because you look at what that Cortis would do, and, I mean, you got Graviton Hands and Chain Fist, so that thing's going to be decently killing Tank Killy. You're replacing it with a Melta Squad who has Implacable Advance and also is really good at killing tanks. So, yep. I get it. I get it. Makes sense. And then my idea was you would load all three characters up with the Terminators and the Charybdis. So before, because what he was doing, he was taking two of the priests, because just because you have to, because you have to take three characters, and he was just taking the other priest and throwing it with a five-man squad of dudes in power armor, just because that was the only place he had room, really. Yeah. That made sense because it was no, there was no point in doubling up both priests in the Charybdis. So that's why I switched the other priest out for just a generic centurion because you're it's still going to give you tons of attacks in combat, plus because the centurion has boarding shields, it's going to give all those terminators and both the other characters defensive grenades like we always talk about. So it benefits that big terminator unit in the Charybdis more, I guess. Absolutely. And because the those, uh, ver, those uh, special Space Wolf terminators are weapon skill 5, um you're going to lose that going to base cataphracty, but you're adding in this centurion that's going to be uh, four attacks on the charge with a great frost blade, and then the priest defenderus gives all of them a preferred enemy, I believe. Uh, so I could not answer that, but I... yeah, it's feel no pain and preferred enemy infantry. So it's going to be a good unit. So anyway, I hope he likes the changes. Um, something had to get cut somewhere, um, and like I said, I'm I'm much more 
I just I'm just can't get behind those really expensive Space Wolf Terminators. I just don't really feel like you get that huge of a benefit for as many points as they are. Good. That's some interesting insight. I didn't know that you felt that way about those Terminators. So, well, they're up there in points costs with like Just Aaron's and Sekmet and Fire Drakes and all that, but they're only single wound guys. Yeah, but you can outload them all with the auto cannons. I'm just playing. Yeah, but then they just get even <laughs> more expensive. I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway. There's nothing stopping. Like, if he still likes my list, I mean, his unit was 310. My unit that I put in of the eight is um, 325. So he could just drop the eight cataphract and put those other guys back in if he wants. Which is bonkers, dude. Because they still get... They're 325... They're still Cataphractor Terminators. They still get the Legion of Stars Space Wolf. They're fucking still yep. good Terminators versus like other Cataphracty. But yeah, I get it. Some unit. The difference is some units. The Space Wolf guys will be hitting on threes, and these guys will be hitting on fours. But you're getting to re-roll with the priest, and you're already going to have the chaplain in there. I guess I look at like. And then people want to dual arm them where they get like just shit loads of attacks because they got dual specialist weapons and all that. But you lose your shooting and then it's like, then it just becomes kind of overkill. Like if I charge eight cataphracty with power fist into like your 20 man tactical squad, it's I'm going to kill that squad. Dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So why would I spend an extra like 15 points a guy to kill an extra five or overkill them by five? Like it's just, I don't know. Like I just don't really. It's kind of yeah. weird. Once you start getting into that like 115, 120% kill ratio, you're just like, uh, well, that was 20% that I didn't need. You gotta, you gotta tighten it up. You gotta tighten it up. Like, yeah, no, no extra, yeah. you know? So I don't know. And like I said, if he just likes them cause they're themey or whatever, just drop these eight guys and put the other five back in. No harm, no foul. So the list will work for him either way. That's why I tried to make the unit I put in, roughly close to the unit he already had so that he could swap swap him in and out if he wanted to. Makes sense. I get it. Rock and roll, bro. Rock and roll. All right. So next list on here, we got a 2,500-point Iron Hands list with the Primarch's Chosen Rod of War. Uh, this comes in from Will. Uh, Will says... Having been a long-time 40K player and the TO for our local 40K events, I enjoyed the Horus Heresy fluff and background, but I hadn't gotten into 30K games. However, John Stanford had spent the last year or so convincing me I should play 30K. Good job, John. You're a badass dude. So when I finally said yes before I even started looking at the books, I went back to the fluff of the Legions and what I'd read in the Horus Heresy novels to find what Legion I wanted to play. I've always loved the stoicism of the Iron Hands and their connection to the Admech, and I really enjoyed the story of the Diasphorex persecution and wanted to build my models around this period shipboard basing using cataphractic terminators and for the morlocks etc uh however however as i've never really built a list like this before i'm asking for your help i'm looking to build a 2500 point list making use of dread claws and or teleport for deep strike as well as a 1000 zone mortalis list uh, that uses the core of the 2500 point list to reflect the fighting aboard a ship after the initial ship board assault. 
Uh, I've included a 2,500-point list I made using Orbital Salt, though I've considered Pride of the Legion or Primarchs Chosen if I can't find a way to get the units on board that makes sense. One of the stumbling blocks with the list is whether Ferris Manus counts as wearing Terminator armor. The entry for the Medusan Carapace, included below, describes it is an advanced version of Cataphractic Terminator armor and is clearly modeled that way, but I don't know if it would count as such for being able to deep strike with Orbital Salt. Uh, Ryan, I'm giving you full control over the building of this list if, to you, including or to remove any models from the list as you see fit. I'm still building my force, so changes don't matter. The only hand uh, tying I would do is that for the 2500 point list, Ferris Manus and the Morlocks must be included. I've represented them in my list as a Centurion to reflect first Captain Gabriel Santor and unit of Cataphractic Bodyguards, but as standard unit, the as but a standard unit of Cataphractic Terminators would reflect them just as well. My idea for the Zomortalis list would be that the Morlocks were, are with Ferris somewhere else in the ship, so I was not including them in my pathetic attempts to rebuild the list for Zomortalis. Uh, so then he gave us the uh, the background for the Medusan Carapace. And on to his list. So to answer his question real quick, Forge World, in the Forge World FAQs, it states that Primarchs are armed with the type of armor that's described in the fluff. So yes, he would have Terminator armor because it's described as Terminator armor. Yeah, and it says very specifically, it even references Horus's armor as being Terminator. It says specifically that like... Yeah, it's if you go to Forgeworld's website, armor. it's right there in the FAQ. Yeah. Uh, so this 3,000 point list, or 2,500 point list, boarding action... He's got his first captain, Gabriel Santor, which is Legion Centurion in cataphractic armor with combi weapon, combi bolter, and power weapon with a chain fist, combi weapon, uh, cyber familiar. Uh, then he has a contemptor dreadnought talon. He's got, oh, he picked it twice, but only added one. He's got a Legion contemptor dreadnought with a dreadnought close combat weapon with an inbuilt twin linked bolter with a multi melta searchlight and smoke launchers. Uh, then he has that riding around in an Invilus pattern dreadclaw that he bought for it. Uh, then he has a another Contemptor Dreadnought, also riding in a dreadclaw that has a close combat weapon with inbuilt in, in twin-linked bolter with multi-melta, exact, armed the exact same way. Uh, then he has a squad of Medusan Immortals with flamer, one single flamer. A melta gun and seven Volkite chargers, and nothing else. Okay. Then he's got a ten-man Legion Breacher squad. Uh, they have a flamer and a melta gun. The Breacher squad sergeant has a power fist, and that's it. Just a power fist, and of course they come with their boarding shields and everything like that. Then he's got another Legion Breacher squad with Flamer and Melty Gun. Uh, the Sergeant has a Power Fist. And that's going to be it for that. And under his fast attack, he took an Anvilus Pattern Dreadclaw Drop Pod. A second, actually, he took three of them all together. So. And then under his Lord of War choice, he took Ferris Manus. And he's taking the uh, Legion Terminator Command Squad, which are the Morlocks. Uh, one has a chain fist, and there's a Legion standard bearer, of course, in there. And the other four have power fists. So it's five in the command squad altogether, ready to protect Ferris Manus from getting his head chopped off. So, Ryan, what did you do differently? 
This is like this like the theme of this army right here, all the anvil is pretty cool for like remember that first list we got, like whenever you first started doing list, the drop pod boarding assault list, and you're like the drop yep. pod would just bounce the fuck off. So this this list, I don't know if it took some example from that and did all anvilus, but that really seems like this is truly what a happened? boarding assault list, yeah. So what'd you do? Um oh well, first off, I labeled his list Will Frank Iron Warriors 2,500 points, so I fucked that up because it's Iron Hands, not Iron Warriors. I did um, make the proper list, though. I just labeled it incorrectly. So let's fix that real quick. Um, so first things first, I wish JP was here because I'm going off memory. I'm 99% sure that Gabriel Santor had Lightning Claws. So I'm pretty sure if this is supposed to be Gabriel Santor, the armament is incorrect. I don't know if we could Google that or find that out, but I'm like relatively certain that he had lightning claws. There's something with him involving lightning claws. I can't remember if, cause he fights this emperor's children guy, um, Julius or Julian Caseron or whatever his name is. And I can't remember Caseron had lightning claws or I thought this guy had lightning claws and he does something to Julius Caseron and something shorts out and he like burns all his flesh off or something. I don't know. Anyway, I, I remember I'm like 99% sure he's supposed to have lightning claws. So, um, that's the first thing I changed was I kept everything the same. So it's a, but I made him a Praetor as well. Cause he just has him as a, uh, console. But anyway, sorry, that was just a fluff thing I was throwing out there. So the list I went with Primarch's Chosen because he was wanting to put like veterans and Terminators and make this like a spearhead of veteran guys led by Ferris. It's like a boarding assault. So in order to do that, I couldn't use Pride of the Legion because Pride of the Legion states that you have to have more Legion Astartes units than you do non-Legion Astartes. And Primarchs are a non-Legion Astartes unit. Um, plus he's wanting a transport for every squad. So basically, when you take your HQ character, Ferris cancels that out, and then for every squad you take, they have to have a dedicated transport, which cancels all that out. So that means you will never have more than one, so I would have to like somehow fit an extra Legion Astartes unit in, which I couldn't find a way to do, really. So I just made it Primarch's Chosen instead to get around that drawback, but still be able to take the units I wanted to take. So that's why it's Primarch's Chosen. Hey, real quick. The Emperor's Children's first captain, Julius Carson, struck out against his Iron Hands counterpart, Gabriel Santor, and very nearly killed him with his lightning claws. So Julius was the one that had the lightning claws, it looks like. No, no, no. I think Santor had the lightning claws, and he, like, blocked them, and they got locked together, and it blew, blew them apart. And, like, Gabriel Santor's own lightning claws almost killed both of them. Oh. I think. But I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. It's it's in the book. It's it's in it's in um. There's Fulgrim. a there's a book or Primarchs. Uh, the book. It's either in Fulgrim or the Primarchs uh, anthology. Yeah. So anyway, do do some research because they they specifically go over their armament in those books and just give him whatever he's supposed to have. That's all I was saying. Just do a little fluff research and throw the proper weapons on him. So he may be correct. I don't know. But I was just bringing that up so he can do some research. Oh, no. 
because they all they all had uh, their their spears. All the emperor's children. Whenever Fulgrim like gave the signal, they beheaded all the our, the Morlocks. Yep. And then that would have meant that. Pretty sure Gabriel Santar had lightning claws, and he blocked the uh, the spear. Okay, I think so, but I'm not sure. But anyway, I, I'm pretty sure he has lightning claws. So, so the list anyway is Ferris Manus as an HQ taking, um, Primarch's chosen. Then for the second HQ choice, I took a Praetor, um, in Cataphractic Terminator armor with lightning claws, and that's supposed to be, uh, Santor. So if his armament is wrong, you can go back in and change it or whatever. Um, I went ahead and bumped him up from a twin lightning claws. Uh, so. <laughs> right. So you could you could just take him off and and do something very and simple. put whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If it's different. So I went ahead and bumped him up from a uh, centurion to a praetor. I just felt like it was more fitting for the level of character. I mean, he's the first captain, so I just thought it would be better to give him a praetor style line than a centurion stat line. So that's what I did. Um, for troops, because Primarch's Chosen allows you to take Terminators and Veterans as troops, the first troop choice is uh, six basic cataphractic Terminators. Two of them have Power Fist, three of them have Chain Fist, and the Sergeant has a Power Fist. Um, for the second troop choice, it's five cataphractic Terminators. Um, two of them have Power Fist, two of them have Chain Fist, the Sergeant has a Power Fist. And they have a dedicated Anvilus Dreadclaw. Um, for the third troop choice, I have ten veteran Space Marines. Um, seven of them have Combi Meltas, two of them have Melta Guns, and the Sergeant has Artificer Armor Power Weapon. Um, and they, they have Machine Killers on the list, but you can give them whatever. Um, then for the fourth troop's choice, I took another ten veteran um spa uh, veteran tacticals two of them have flamers the sergeant has artificer armor power weapon and then everybody else just has their basic bolter and they're going to be marksman vets and then for the fifth and final troops choice i took 10 breachers just normal breachers two of them have melta guns the sergeant has artificer armor power fist <coughs> then for fast attack i took four Anvilus Dreadclaws. So the Breachers will go on one, the the Marksman Vets will go on one, and the uh, Machine Killer Vets will go on one. And then for Heavy Support, I took a Charybdis Assault Claw. And the six-man Cataphracty Squad, um, the Praetor, which is Gabriel, and um, Ferris Manus go in the Charybdis. And that is 2,500 points. And the more So it's four... Yeah, yeah, because they're supposed to be the Terminators, yeah. the bigger Terminator squad. Yeah. Because here's the thing, and this is, it's weird if you take, <coughs> sorry. So his original list, he had Ferris as a Lord of War, right? And then he bought him a command squad. When you buy a command squad, it becomes part of the same unit as what you buy it for on the FOC chart says you're buying it and it counts as occupying the same slot yeah. on the on the FOC. So if you, you take a 450 point Primark and you buy them like a 200 and some point bodyguard unit, it takes them over the 25 percent yes, of I what you're it. legally allowed to have as Lord of War. So I'm pretty sure the list that he wrote in is illegal because he's over like 20 points 
20 or 30 points just because of that. So it's kind of weird. I don't, I don't think that that was intended to be that way, but rules is written. That is how it works. You can't upgrade it without including that into the price. So, and they consider they're considered right. And, and that all goes into the Lord of War slot. And then that Lord of War slot then becomes 25% more than 25% of the army during army construction, which is weird, but that's just how it works. So that's the other reason I went Primarch Chosen was to kind of get around that. Um, also, if you take like ter a Terminator unit as a command squad, they lose their scoring. So I think it's better just to take normal Terminators and just pretend they're a command squad or use them as a command squad because they're, they're basically the same guys. They just lose their scoring. So Makes sense. And they're cheaper. I think they maybe a command squad's an extra weapon skill. They're the same attacks though, same armor save, same equipment, all that. The one uh, banner guy does have the banner and an extra wound, I guess. But anyway. So that's what I did. Then um he asked about a thousand point Zomortalis list. I didn't really uh write a whole list, but just to give him an idea, what I would do is run the Zone Mortalis uh, boarding action right of war. And you could take this uh, Praetor guy that you built, Gabriel, whatever he's armed with. We think it's lightning calls, but we're not sure. Do some research. So you take him as the HQ, and then you use uh, his Master of the Legion to run um, the Zone Mortalis Rite of War. And then you'll take, for your uh, one troop choice you need, you'll take the 10 Breacher Marines, and you'll arm them the same, but you'll give one guy a Vox. You do need to include... A, I didn't have points to do it on the main list, plus it doesn't do anything to benefit the main list. But you'll want to give one of the guys a Vox for the Zone Mortalis list. And then you can take a unit of Terminators that gets uh, teleportation transponders for free. And then they'll be able to deep strike in and not scatter based on the Vox of the uh, Breacher Squad. And then um, to fill out the rest of your thousand points, you just take whatever veterans or terminators you need to fill out the rest of the the army. So that that would be your uh, zone mortalis boarding list to go off of this. Sounds good, dude. So it's easy enough. Easy enough zone mortalis list too. Pretty straightforward. Yep. So so hopefully he likes that. Um, you could also, these Terminators that I put in here, um, the reason I went with normal Terminators is because the uh, Primarch's Chosen Right of War just says normal Terminators as troops, not like special Terminators. Now, I guess I do have two veteran squads in there, so I guess technically he could swap those guys out for the special ones. What are they called? Gorgon Terminators? Yeah. They're called Gorgons. Um, if he wanted to. Yeah. So he could swap for Gorgons if he wanted, but I, for whatever reason, I thought the Morlocks were just standard Cataphracti. I don't, I don't know if they were in Gorgon plate or not. So. Uh, they were Gorgons. They were? Because the artwork in the Heresy Black Book, when you type in, when you look at the thing, it says Morlocks is just a Cataphracti guy. I don't know. I would think they'd be Gorgons because they're his elite bodyguard, but then again, I don't know. Yeah. E either way, the points are roughly the same. They're pretty much interchangeable. So if he wants to put Gorgons in, he can. I, but this is this will give him the framework of the list to 
you know, he can go with Gorgons or he can go with normal ones. It's a Jake Shear question. But, <laughs> <coughs> so but the list should be legal, whatever he decides to do. Batting uh, six for six with Anvilus right now. <laughs> well, that's what people want. You know what I mean? Like, that's what they're writing in and asking about. It wasn't like I just made every list an Anvilus list. I mean, it is what it is. I can only write within the parameters of what people give me. I get it. All right. So There's next... more to come. <laughs> oh, yeah. So next up is a 2,000-point Iron Hands head of the Gorgon list. I'm sorry, 2,500-point Iron Hands head of the Gorgon list from DJ. DJ says, Hi, Ryan. Thanks for the great show. RFI kept me entertained while I was overseas and convinced me to abandon 40K and come over to 30K. So far, I really enjoy it. If you both aren't too busy post-Adepticon, could you take a look at this 2,500-point Iron Hands list? I am... Concerned that due to my recent transition from 40k, I'm nervous that my list is too whack out of habit. If it isn't too OP, then the only team, the only item I am tied to is a Typhon because I like the model. I have all the models on the list and willing to buy others. Very respectfully, DJ. If you need anything else, let me know, man. And this is the one where you said, "Hey, how about a list? <laughs> how about you send the list?" Yeah. <laughs> and let me see if I even have that. I think I got it. And okay. So he said he kept wrote back. Fair enough. That would be important. Thank you. And so he took some screenshots of his list. Oh, shit. That's small. I need to charge your battery, bro. 14%. On the screenshot he took. All right, so first thing he took is a Legion Praetor. Uh, did he take a relic? He took relics? No, optional relics. Okay, he took Artificer Armor, Cyber Familiar, Digital Lasers, uh, made him an Iron Father, gave him an Iron Halo, Melt Bombs, Paragon Blade, and a Power Fist. Um, then he took Cashman Orth. Then he took a 10-man Space Marine Tactical Squad or a Legion Tactical Squad uh, with a Nuncio Vox and a Vexilla. And then he took them in a armor rhino with blessed auto simulac. I can't say that simabundus. Uh, then he <laughs> took a cyber familiar on his legion tactical sergeant. He took that same loadout twice, so it's two tactical squads in a rhino with a cyber familiar on the sergeant and blessed auto simabundus on the rhinos. Then he took a contemptor cordis dreadnought talon, the contemptor cordis dreadnought. Has Blessed Auto Cinnabundus and Carries Pattern Assault Cannon. Then he took a Gorgon Assault Squad or Gorgon Terminator Squad, uh, which is five Gorgon strong. And the Hammer Bearer, which is like their little sergeant dude, has a Cyber Familiar. And he loaded them up in a Legion Spartan Assault Tank with Armored Ceramite, Blessed Auto Cinnabundus, and a Flare Shield. Then he took a Legion Sakarin battle tank, a Legion world. Oh, the Legion Sakarin has armored ceramite and blessed auto Silbundus and heavy bolters. Then he took a Legion whirlwind Scorpius with blessed auto Silbundus and twin linked bolter. Then he took a Sakarin Venator tank destroyer with armored ceramite, uh, blessed <laughs> auto Silbundus, heavy bolters, and last cannon sponsons. 
And on top of that, and his last thing he took was a Legion Typhon Heavy Siege Tank with Armored Ceramite, Blessed Autos of Bundus, and Last Cannons. So pretty straightforward. It's just a, a tank-heavy classic list. Like This is kind of the list you see that uh, most people who start playing 30K kind of come in with. Like This is pretty pretty standard. What would you do, Ryan? How would you change them up? How'd you put well, first of all, I point out before we get going that I did not see Castrum and Orth in this list when I wrote my list. Oh. I just didn't see it when I looked at his list, so I didn't put him in there. Okay. So we'll go ahead and roll with what I have written because I'm not going to sit here and rewrite the list. But it's um, <laughs> kind of why Orth isn't in the list just because I didn't see it when I wrote the list. I just saw the Praetor and spaced it. So anyway... There's a couple things I just want to point out that I didn't really understand. Like, I don't understand the Voxes on the Tactile Marines. I guess for the Scorpus. Is that the only barrage he has? Uh, yep. Uh, for, okay, so I guess that... Um, and the Sponsons on the Sikorin Venator Tank Destroyer, you do not want to put Sponsons on that thing. Because the main gun is ordnance, if you fire the main gun, which you're going to want to, because that's the whole point of taking the tank, then the other weapons on it have to snap fire because it's ordnance. So that's a 40-point upgrade that you absolutely do not need. Um, and then... What was the other thing? The... Spartan is a little bit of a waste because you're just taking five Gorgons and then buying them a Spartan. And then you're basically buying a Spartan just to get the one extra spot to put the Praetor in. Yeah. Which kind of stinks. Like, you're spending all those points. So, um, I actually did some changes here and we'll see what... We'll see if he likes the list. I don't know. Like I said, I missed Orth in there. So, without knowing that... Orth was in there. I changed a lot of the list, so I don't know. I can redo it maybe next show if he doesn't like this one. So we'll roll with what we got, though. So I took an Iron Father. Uh, he's got Right of the Warhead of the Gorgon, uh, Paragon Blade, Power Fist, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, Cyber Familiar. So this guy's going to be an absolute pain in the dick hole to fight. He's going to be two up, three up. He's going to have a shitload of attacks, and then he even has the extra, like, a pinchy claw attack off his backpack after he murders you with like his seven attacks on the charge with either his power fist or paragon blade. And after you do nothing back to him because he's two up three. A two up three. Yeah. So he's going to be a pretty rough customer in close combat. Then for troops, I have 10 tactical marines. Um, they have a legion vexilla. The sergeant has artificer armor melta bombs and they're in a rhino with a pencil mounted multi melta. Um, for the second troop's choice, I have another uh, identical squad. Or, no, it's not. It's a it's 10 assault, or 10 tactical marines. The sergeant has artificer armor, power weapon, and melt bomb. So this guy's a power weapon. Um, and they are not in a rhino. I'll get to what they're in in a minute. Then for elites, I have five Gorgon Terminators. Uh, two of them have power axes. Two of them have chain fist. The sergeant is the hammer bearer, so he has the hammer and a Cyber Familiar, and they are in a Land Raider Phobos. I just bought them a dedicated Land Raider Phobos, which is one you can assault out of, and it has Dozer Blade Armored Ceramite, so that's one Land Raider. 
Then for the second Elite's Choice, I took five veteran Space Marines. And these guys have Weapon Master, so it's going to be the plus one weapon skill. Uh, two of them have power weapons. You can make those whatever you want. I would probably say axes, but you can do whatever you want. And then the sergeant has artificer armor power fist. Um, for fast attack, I took a storm eagle gunship. The storm eagle has hole mounted missile launcher and two wing mounted las cannons. And the uh, ten tactical marines that didn't have a rhino go into the storm eagle. Um, then. For heavy support, I took the Scorpus Whirlwind that you have. Um, and then for the second heavy support, I took the Sicker Inventor Tank Destroyer, but I just left it base plus a dozer blade, so no sponsons on it. Um, and then for the third and final heavy support choice, I took a Land Raider Battle Squadron with a second Land Raider Phobos that has dozer blade and armored ceramite. And in that Land Raider, you'll put the five loose veterans and then the Iron Father in there. So you're going to have two Land Raiders with two good close combat units instead of just the one Spartan with the six guys in it. Um, and then for Lord of War, I took the uh, same Typhon that he has with the uh, Sponson Laz Cannons and the Armored Ceramite. So the reason I went with the Storm Eagle, for one, he had no anti-air. That was the big weakness in this list. There wasn't hardly any anti-air, so I felt like the Storm Eagle would be good in there. And if you look at the armament on a Storm Eagle, it's pretty close to the Sakaran that he originally had in the list. Um, cause it, it, this has two last cannon shots where, and the, uh, double tap whirlwind launcher on top, plus the missile launcher. It's pretty equivalent firepower to the Sakaran. But the thing about the storm Eagle was it gave me the ability to get rid of one of the rhinos to put the tactical guys in and provide some air cover for him. Um, and also the key for me was that it opened up a heavy support slot for me to take the second Land Raider so that I could put the Iron Father and the Vets in. Gotcha. Okay. So, going back, I guess, like if he really wanted Orth in the list, I didn't really understand, like even looking at his list, I don't really know what he was going to put Orth in. I guess he was going to put it in the Venator. But now, no, now, I think maybe him knowing that the Venator you're only going to be able to shoot that main gun. Like the Sponsons weren't really, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're not getting the extra ballistic. You're only getting the ballistic skill on the main gun, basically. Um, the other Sikarin, I guess he could have been putting Orth in there, but if you're going to put Orth in a standard Sikarin battle tank, you don't want to put heavy bolters on it. You definitely want to put last cannons on it because giving, I think he gives Tank Hunter, right? Yeah, tank Hunter and plus ballistic, ballistic skill. skill. I don't know about Tank Hunter. I'm pretty sure it's tank hunter and plus one ballistic skill. So giving tank hunter to heavy bolters is just not something you do. I think you would want last cannons. So anyway, uh, if he wanted to put Orth back in the list, I guess he could go back to the Spartan and get rid of the land Raider. And then, uh, I, I mean, basically it'd just be going back to his old list for the yeah, most part, you. minus the... Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I think the list works fine um, without Orth. If he wants to go back to it, he would basically just switch back to his old list, but he's going to lose the Storm Eagle and not have go back to not having any anti-air, essentially. Which isn't terrible, but... No. 
I just, and I also, I don't know, like I just felt like throwing one flyer in, it makes the army look a lot cooler on the display board, adds another dimension to your army, gives you <laughs> another cool model to play with. I dig it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Anyway. So, sorry. Kind of messed that one up. I didn't see worth till Michael read it off. Let us know, DJ. Next up on the list is a 2,000-point Alpha Legion Chosen Duty list. This is going to come from Alistar. He says, hi, guys. Big fan of the show. Just found it, and I'm listening to all the old episodes in the car. I'm just building my first 30K army and would appreciate your help on my first list. I'm after a flexible Alpha Legion army as I don't want to be stuck always using Infiltrate as my mutable tactics. However, the Excel format works okay. I hope the Excel format works okay. Really appreciate your thoughts. Thanks. Ow. So, oh, shit. Waiting for my Excel to open up. Give me one second here. Okay. So, I've been playing 40K for 25 years with the gap in the middle and have a 40K Dark Angel army, which is great fun, but I felt like having a Traitor Legion. This list is based around setting up a flexible Alpha Legion list, which can be adapt based on the opponent. I'm looking at score for his Warlord trait, so I can get three infiltrating units and leave mutable tactics to be flexible. Model-wise, what I've got is the Kalth set, five of some of the Melted Gun Marines, and a budget to buy whatever. The joy of being old. Uh, <sighs> guy hit with a yawn. So under his HQ choice, he's got Island Score. Uh, then he's got a 10-man veteran squad. Uh, with one melta gun, seven co seven combi meltas, the sergeant with artifice armor, power fist, power dagger, rhino with pencil pencil multi melta. I'm sorry, it's a nine man veteran squad. Uh, then he's got another nine man squad, and which the apothecary will be adding up to, which will oh so no, it says nine man squad to add apothecary. Yeah, but I don't see the apothecary. Oh, the apothecary is way down there. Okay. Uh, so the second unit is a nine-man squad with a with apothecary. We'll add on to. It's got a plasma gun and seven combi plasmas. Uh, the sergeant has artificial armor, power fist, and power dagger, and they're riding in a rhino with pencil multi melta. I'm not sure if I mentioned it, but also so is the other veteran squad. Mm. Then he's got a six-man terminator squad infiltrating in a Spartan. Uh, five of them will be Lunarian Terminators. Oh, I guess they're all Lunarian Terminators. Learn Abundus Terminators. Three of them have Chain Fist, two have Power Fist, one Harrower with Mastercrafted Chain Fist with Venom Sphere Harness and Power Dagger. Their dedicated transports a Spartan with a Flare Shield, Armored Ceramite, Pistol Heavy Bolter. And under the Heavy Sport Choice, he's got a Leviathan Dreadnought with a Siege Drill with Melted Gun, the Cyclonic Melted Lance, Armored Ceramite, Phosphorex Charger, and a Dreadnought Drop Pod. And then the two Apothecaries, which are in the Veteran Squads. Comes out to 2,000 points. Ryan, what'd you do to make it more flexible? Okay, so I kept his Warlord a score. So HQ's Ireland score. Which is for his like the most flexible Warlord, I would imagine, because he gets to pick his Warlord trait, right? That's his game. Right. Yeah, okay. Yep. So... For all you other Alpha Legion players. Mm, what? Did, how did I mess this up? Uh-oh. 
I think I just put an extra marine in. It's not a big deal. It's it actually saves him points. That's nine, eight. Okay. So anyway, so for troops, um, I have an eight man, uh, veteran squad. Um, they have machine killers. There's six of them with combi meltas. One of them with the melta gun. Sergeant has artificer armor, power fist, power dagger. Um, for the uh, next troops. Oh, so it's Arlen score, but I took right of war chosen duty. So this allows you to take veterans as troops. So instead of doing pride of the Legion, because his pride of the Legion, let's see, he's got one, two, three. Yeah. His, his army was illegal, so it couldn't go pride of the Legion. Okay. Because he's got a Leviathan and a dreadnought drop pod. So that's two units right there. And then he's got, yeah, and then, so that's two. Then you got a Spartan, which is three. Then you got two Rhinos, which is four or five. Then on the reverse side of that, he's got score, veteran unit, veteran unit, Terminator unit, which is only four. And then depending on whether or not you even account the apothecaries, that would still only be five, even though I don't count them because they actually become part of another unit. They're kind of a weird thing as to whether it does or doesn't count for that. So... You can basically do the same thing, Alistair. You just got to swap over to Chosen Duty, which it's not really going to affect you any. So, anyway. So, it's score with Chosen Duty. The eight machine killer vets with one melt-a-gun, six combi meltas. Sergeant has Artificer Armor, Power Fist, Power Dagger. Um, uh, they are not in a Rhino. I t- he, he had his in a Rhino. I took him out of the Rhino. So, we'll get to what they're in in a minute. Um... For the next troop slot, I took a nine-man uh, veteran squad. The nine-man has his eight uh, combi weapons in there. I think he wanted plasmas, but he can make them whatever. So combi plasmas or flamers or whatever. Um, these guys, I would probably run... If you go flamers, I would definitely go marksman on them. If you go plasma, you could either go sniper or uh, machine killer, depending on what you're playing against. The sergeant has artificer armor, power fist, power dagger, and these guys are in a rhino with penal mounted multi-melta. Then for elites, I have his apothecary detachment with the two apothecaries that just have artificer armor, power dagger, so two of those. So one will go in the vet squad in the rhino, and the other one will go in the other vet squad, and Arl and Score will also go in the vet squad. That's why it's only eight-man strong. So both will end up being ten once you attach all the characters. Um, for a, the second elite choice, I took five Terminators, just standard cataphractes. Um, all five of them have Volkite chargers. Two of them have power fist. Two of them have chain fist. The sergeant has a power fist, power dagger, and they have a dedicated land raider Phobos. And the Phobos has dozer blade armored ceramite. So I basically just replaced the Linnaeans. I think we've went over this before. Like we... The Lernaeans are just more point, like way more points for like no reason. Like you can arm standard cataphracty the exact same way. And there, I don't think there was a benefit if we remember right. Didn't we do that before? I don't ever remember looking into them, but it, it's not a big deal. Um, but on his list, as far as I can tell, he's saying that the Lernaeans are like 340 points. And the Terminators that I build are only 250 points, and I believe they're identical other than they don't have Stubborn. 
Yeah, they just come standard with power axes, but you can give them power axes anyway. Yeah, are they are they weapon skill four or five? Five. Oh, that's the difference. So you're, it's the weapon skill. Yep. Does that change anything? Okay. <laughs> no, not really. These are vastly cheaper. So, and they like vastly, vastly. Advanced, but... Yeah, so do these guys. Yeah. So anyway, they're armed exactly like Linnaeans. They're just standard, but they're armed identical, so you can use the same models, whatever. Um, and like I said, they're in a Phobos. Then for fast attack, um, I bought an Anvilus uh, Dreadclaw. So the the eight machine killer vets um, and score and one of the apothecaries will go in the Dreadclaw for deep striking. This is going to put your machine killer vets in much better position to do what they do. Um, and you're going to be guaranteed at turn one uh, because it's the only drop pod in the list. Um, for the second fast attack choice, I took a Javelin Landspeeder with panel-mounted Multimelta and 200 killer missiles and the Twin Link Cyclone Missile Launcher. For the third fast attack choice, I took another Javelin Landspeeder with panel-mounted Multimelta, 200 killers, and a Twin Link Cyclone Missile Launcher. And then for heavy support, I got a Leviathan Dreadnought with Siege Drill, Cyclonic Melt-A-Lance, uh, Torso-mounted Twin Link Volkite Calibers, Armored Ceramite, Phosphix Discharger, and it's in a Dreadnought Drop Pod. Okay. So basically, it it's <laughs> yeah, from his list, the changes, instead of doing Rhinos, I upgraded one of the Rhinos to a Dread Call to get those Melted guys in better position. Um, and then... I saved points by swapping the Terminators and downgrading the Land Raider or the Spartan to just a Phobos. But with those extra points, I netted him the Dreadclaw and two Javelins to put more firepower into his list. Sounds good. So, and it puts score, because his Terminators are already going to be a good close combat unit. So putting score in with the veterans in the dread call gives you two decent close combat units instead of putting all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, exactly. One pretty quickly immobilized like eggs in a basket, <laughs> like yeah, one one pop with a uh, lucky six eggs in one basket. So yeah, and once sense. again, it's one of those things where I just don't like buying five terminators in one character and then having to buy a fucking 400 point Spartan for him. Like I look for ways to work around that where I could just put them in a land Raider and then fit the character in something else that he can assault out of or do whatever. It also comes down to that overkill factor that you were talking about earlier is the Terminators got it on their own. You don't have to like, you want to have like, there's a mindset that you want to have this death star unit. It's like, yeah, that unit's going to deal out death, but against 90% of the things it's going up against one or the other is going to be just fine. So, right. So yeah, makes sense. Good job switching that up. So, yep, that's really all I did. It's just a different look. Once again, this is another one of those things. It's all opinion based. Like, there's really, honestly, nothing wrong with his core list. So he may like it better. Maybe he just really wants a Spartan. So I mean, he may want to stick with what he got. I just tried to fit in a different look. And like I said, I just generated enough points to get that Anvilus in there and the two javelins in there. And then also, like I said, I'm into armies with more variety, and I really am. I'm not just making shit up. Like it does look a lot better on a display board and on the tabletop for like 
uh, paint judging scores. It looks like you've t taken a wider variety of units. It allows you to display your paint skills better. And when somebody comes through and judges your army or looks at your army or sees who has a cool force, having a wider variety of units, um, to me, stands out more than somebody just going, here's my two rhinos, my Spartan, my Terminators, my guys that go in here, and my Leviathan. And yeah. All day, man. If I were judging, yeah. Variety is what I'm looking for. Right. So this list would have one rhino, one Dreadclaw, one Dreadnought Drop Pod, one Land Raider, you know, one Terminator squad, two Vet squads, two Javelins, and then the character. Like, it's, you're just going to have, like, way more variety. Yeah. I wish there was a way to, like, give points for, like, Highlander lists and stuff like that. But You can. I've done that before. Yeah. Well, you, when I do my prizes in my events, remember where I do the raffle ticket system? Yeah. Uh, I used to give points like if you built a Highlander list, it just earns you extra raffle tickets where you had more shots at prizes. So you didn't have to, but it encouraged like you gave you a better shot at prizes. You should get quite a bit too. Like that seems like a really good amount of tickets for coming in with a yeah, Highlander. Yeah, it's list. hard. Yeah. So anyway, that was that Alpha Legion list. Next up, we got a. 2500 point iron warrior list coming from evan evan says hi michael and ryan i was recently inspired from your latest episode about the hordes of infantry in the story of your battle against imperial fist when i picked up iron warriors as my legion i loved the idea of massed hordes of infantry i actually have a hundred tactical marines myself although i've never used them and at the same time unfortunately so I have a challenge for you. Can you please make me a 2,500-point Iron Warrior list with only requirements that there's six squads of at least 15 Marines? I'd be interested <laughs> in what you can come up with. As always, keep up the great work. Uh, so I think he was talking about Josh's list that he was playing against. Did Josh bring that up last episode with the hordes of fucking infantry? Because Josh ran that 120-man yep. World Eater yep. <laughs> army list. So, and by the way, Josh is hit on the, in my opinion, the only way to run a list like that is sacrificial offering. Oh, all day to make it effective. Yeah, because you're not worrying and, about. And transports. to be honest, you're not getting eaten up on the way up to your enemy. Sacrificial offering, alpha offering, outflank, and a stubborn unit to stay on the table, like making yep. everything stubborn. Yeah, makes sense. Now that being said, depending on deployment it's still sometimes not that effective because you're coming in. You could be coming in from like little short from the stubby table edges and have like a giant six by four board to cross to try to get to the enemy. So yep. it's okay. It's the only way to do it, but it's still not fantastic if that makes sense. Yeah. But at that point you, Oh no, you have to outflank. That's kind of, sad. yes, yeah. you're forced. So what'd you do? So here's the thing. I, I did his requirements, so we'll go through his list. That being said, if he actually wants to run a list like this, he needs to be a little more flexible. Fucking six squads of 15 dudes is overkill. Like, maybe cut that back to four and then use those other points for, like, more useful shit than tactical Marines. Just saying. Like, I get what you're trying to do. I get the theme you're trying to go with, but let's be more reasonable and more flexible. But the list I wrote is exactly what he wanted. So... It's Iron Warriors, like you said. So I went with Sacrificial Offering, like we talked about, because I feel like that's the only way you can get it done. So for HQ, I took a naked Siege Breaker. Just a Siege Breaker with Bolt Pistol Chainsword. Because you have to have a compulsory HQ. For troops, I took a 
we'll just read one of them off because it's the same thing times six. So for troops, I took 15 tactical Marines. Um, the sergeant has artificer armor power fist. And that's times six. So six 15-man squads exactly like that. Okay. For heavy, for heavy support, I took five siege tyrants. Just naked. Just five base siege tyrants that the siege breaker goes with to give them all tank hunter. For Lord of War, I took Petarabo and gave him Forgebreaker, so he'll also go into the Siege Tyrants. And then I allied in the militia that you have to ally in. So for the allied militia, I took a Force Commander that's just totally naked. It's just a HQ Force Commander that you have to take. For troops, I took a 20-man militia squad with pistols and close combat weapon. It's just 50 guys, or sorry, it's just 20 guys for 50 points. The You have to take a troop's choice. For heavy support, I took the heavy uh, artillery carriages. So I took, it's just a battery of two, because that's all I had points for. So it's two Medusa carriages. Both of them are upgraded to breacher shells, and both of them have maximum crew. So each gun will have eight crew. And then for fortifications, I took an Aegis defense line with comms relay which is what allows you to re-roll for reserves. So what happens is you get to roll for reserves for all of this turn one with re-rolls. Okay. That's badass. That's very badass. Perturabo is so solid. <laughs> yeah. So Perturabo, the Siege Breaker, and the Tyrants will walk in from one board edge, and Perturabo will raise their ballistic skill to five with this Cognus Signum. The Siege Breaker gives them Tank Hunter so they can blow up a tank or shoot whatever. Then the Artillery can explode tanks, which Josh knows all about how good those carriages are after running them a few games. Yeah. In the, And then all of your Tactical Marines just come on and cover all the flanks of the board and then slowly march forward, laying down tons of Bolter Fire and trying to claim objectives. Which sounds exactly like what he wants. Yeah. So that's the best I could do with the stipulations that he set forth. I think it fits all the requirements that he wants, and it's pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. It uh, the Medusa batteries, like, I mean. That's gonna be your anti tank. The only thing is the, well, that and the siege tyrants. Yeah, the siege tyrants. There's not much that the, I guess you're because the siege tyrants have such like good range that they're gonna come in outflank and they're gonna be able to just like you're not gonna have a safe armor facing like there's not gonna it's gonna be really tough to like if you're yep. the enemy to like not have anything exposed, so. I get it. I mean, it's a pretty simple list, pretty straightforward. Like, uh, I, just like I tell Josh all the time, you know, like, what are you going to do? It's like drop armies or what are you going to do? It's this. And it's like, there's a lot of things that can counter it, but, uh, I feel like this is going to be a, uh, a, a meta. Like this, this seems like this is going to be pretty common. I, I saw this army twice at stiff, at stiff. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I don't know. It's a cool list. I like it. So. I dig it. Turn the stream back on, by the way. 
Oh, it's been turned off. Yeah. It stopped for a second. Okay. So anyway, back to the list. Uh, so next up, we've got a 2,000-point Blood Angel Day of Revelation list. Uh, this is coming from Chris. And I just had it pulled up in front of me, and now it's gone. There it is. Hello, guys. I just purchased the Blood Angel Task Force box. and would like to ask how I should proceed to make a 2,000 and 2.5,000 list. I wanted to use the Rider War Day of Revelation. I was playing with the idea of using my HQ as jump packs, but I haven't played in years. I want to keep the army fast to make big of an impact in first and second turn. I won't say money isn't a problem, but my credit card can afford some punishment, so feel free to go out. Thanks, guys, and look forward to seeing what you come up with. So let's go ahead and tell him how to spend his sweet, sweet credit card money. What'd you do, Ryan? It's pretty much open field. Day of Revelation list. How many assault squads <coughs> did you put in it? Three. Yes. So he wrote a list. Did you not get the list? Did you just get his email? Yeah, I just have the email. Oh, well, I'll read the his original list was a Praetor with Blade of Perdition, Plasma Pistol, Digital Laser, Refractor Field, Jump Pack. And then he had five... Uh, he had a, took a command squad with five guys... The standard bearer and the other four guys all had combat shields and jump packs and nothing else, just chain swords and bolt pistols. Um, then he had two chaplains, both armed identically. Both chaplains were artificer armor refractor field jump pack. Then he had two 20-man assault squads. Um, both were armed identically. The sergeants had artificer armor, bolt pistol, power weapon, and melt-a-bombs and combat shield. And then every single assault marine in both units had combat shields and melt bombs. So these units weighed in at a hefty 493 points per unit. Good God. Good God. Yeah. Then he had two apothecaries, both with power swords and jump packs, to go in one each of the assault marine squads. And then he had a squad of three javelins. The javelins had hole mounted uh, or pinnel mounted assault cannons hull-mounted twin-link glass cannons and 200 killers per javelin. So three javelins, all one squadron with that loadout. And it was 1,996 points. So the first thing I did was look at this and thought, that's way too many points for fucking combat shields for a six-up end of shooting. That's got to go. That's five points per guy. Um, Not worth that's it two, cents. It's 200 points to give your 40 guys six-up invulnerable saves. Mm-mm-mm. So... Uh, wasn't a fan of that. So that was the first thing I got rid of. So what I did, I upgraded the Praetor a little more uh, to make him a little more durable. So the Praetor is Rite of War Day of Revelations, Blade of Perdition, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, Jump Pack. So I did an Iron Halo instead of Refractor Field. I got rid of the Command Squad. I didn't really see the point in running just five Command guys with literally no upgrades. Like, all it does is give them Artificer Armor, but they still are just Bolt Pistol, like... Chainsword, so I wasn't sold on that. So um, I got rid of those guys. So for his chaplains, I kept them identical, but once again, I swapped the react the refractor fields for boarding shields for reasons that we talk about all the time. It's basically the same thing for the same points, but it gives you the added benefits of defensive grenades. Plus, they look cool. Yeah. So it's true. two <laughs> it's two chap it's two chaplains. 
Uh, both of them have power axes. Both of them are in artificer armor. Both of them have boarding shield. Both of them have jump pack. For troops, I have three assault marine squads. Um, the sergeant has uh, melt-a-bombs. And, or sorry, I have three assault marine squads. The sergeant has artificer armor power weapon in all three squads. And every single assault marine has melt-a-bombs. So 45 assault marines all with melt-a-bombs and three 15-man squads. Sergeants have artificer armor power weapon. So basically... Instead of just 40 guys, he now has 45 guys, so it replaces the command squad guys as well. Um, and they still all have melt bombs but I got rid of all the combat shields just to save a ton of points. Um, then for elites, instead of the two apothecaries that had jump packs and power swords, I moved it up to three. So he's got three apothecaries, jump pack, power swords, so you'll have one in each assault squad. And then for fast, I took his javelin squad from three down to two. So he's got two javelins that both have assault cannons. Now I just I didn't put the last cannons on them. They're just two javelins with the the, the um, hole mounted twin link cyclone. I personally like the cyclones better than the last cannon because the last cannon is just a single last cannon shot that's twin linked, where the cyclone is two crack missiles that are twin linked, or you can fire the small blast to kill infantry. infantry. I've found that the missile launchers, yeah, and it's less points. You don't have to. Pay. It's not. Uh, doesn't cost his upgrade then uh last but not least for heavy support i was able to fit in a fire raptor gunship with uh auto cannon batteries on the sides and four hell strikes for 230 points so he's basically got one less javelin but a fire raptor instead i'll trade a javelin for a fire raptor any day of the week and uh, instead of two apothecaries he has three and instead of just two assault squads, he's now got three. That each one has an apothecary, and then I made his Praetor better. So it's the same number of Marines, same number of melt bombs, just distributed in a better way, in my opinion. And then I was able to make enough points by getting rid of just six up and vulnerable saves to fit an entire Fire Raptor into the list. Makes sense. I get it. Yeah. So what I would do to take this to 2,500 um, would be probably take a term, either take a five-man Terminator squad in an Anvilus, um, or you could take a 10-man Terminator squad in a Charybdis, either way. Because those come in turn one because you'd only have one drop pod to come in, so it would come in with all your assault marines and everything else. Um, if you did the only five and put them in an anvilus you would have enough points to like take a second fire raptor or take an entire another squadron of javelins so basically i would just add in more javelins and then a uh, a good assault unit also in a in a dread claw or in a crib to this that's on foot instead of jump pack i'd go with the extra fire raptor dude well you could fit both i'm saying you could fit because it's 500 points, so you'd have two... Mm, I guess you couldn't fit it. You could go with a second Fire Raptor and then a, an entire another Javelin squad. So you'd have two Fire Raptors and you might even be able to fit... Let's see, 180, 230. You could do that. You could make the. You could take your one Javelin squad back up to three, then take another three then take another Fire Raptor, and that would get you a 2,500. 
So it'd be two fire raptors, six javelins. Um, or you could just do another squad of javelins and then take a terminator squad and an anvilus, which would be pretty cool too. Either way. I like either option. So, so that's that one. I actually like, I like, uh, this list a lot. The two, this, this at 2000 points, like this, I think seems pretty simple, but I really feel like at 2000 points, this is a pretty fucking good list. It's pretty fucking brutal. Like it's, uh, as far as that many body counts, and then at the first turn, they're all not super easy to kill. Like they're not because they're getting they're getting a five up cover they're getting a five up cover save at a minimum because they yep. get what shrouded. Yes. So if you can land them in cover or ruins or whatever, that's going that's getting better, and then they're all going to have feel no pain. Yeah. Um, that's the reason I didn't understand the combat shields on this army. The turn that they're most vulnerable, you're going to be getting a cover save that's better than the fucking invulnerable save from the shields. Unless you like, and then in day of revelation, Typhon or something, but that'd be the only thing. Yeah, but even then, you're just getting a six up. Yeah. So, I just yeah. So, the other thing that I I didn't understand the banner because the banner gives you fearless, but he's got two chaplains in the list, so those guys are going to be fearless anyway. Yeah from the command squad. And then the other thing I didn't understand about the combat shields is they're a five up in close combat, which is okay. But with day of revelations, you get plus one to your initiative. So you're going to be fighting before most things and killing a lot of things before they fight back. So it diminishes the value of that invulnerable save in close combat. So I just didn't feel like the five points per guy just to get an, like a subpar invulnerable save was worth it. I would much rather take all those points and buy a whole fire after with it. You put so much thought into that. It's crazy. Cool, but crazy. <laughs> so anyway, I like a lot. So I hope he likes it too. But that's the list. Sounds good. All right, next up comes from Lucas. It's a Dark Angels list. Uh, so his Dark Angel list is a Praetor and Terminator armor, uh, Cataphracty armor. And he has a Kami Bolter and Paragon Blade digital lasers. He's got four chosen Terminators with a Terminator Standard Bearer with a Chain Fist, three chosen Terminators and Terminator Armor with three Kami Bolters, two Power Weapons, and a Chain Fist in the unit. They're all loaded up in a Land Raider Phobos with a Dozer Blade and Armored Ceramite. The, there's a Company Command Vehicle. Okay, so I'm guessing... Okay, so I see what kind of list this is. This is a Armored Breakthrough list. That's right. Okay, so there's a company command vehicle, which is a Karn battle tank with Dozer Blade, Armored Ceramite, two Sponson Mounted Last Cannons. Uh, then under his, I guess his troop choices would be a Predator Strike Squadron, which is a Predator with two Mounted Heavy Bolters with Dozer Blade times three. He's got three of those guys, which is just the basic Predator that you can take for a troop choice. Uh, then he's got another five-man Terminator squad with a Terminator Sergeant. With a Kami Bolter Power Fist, the other Terminators have Cataphracty, Terminator Armor, and two Power Weapons, and two Chain Fist. All four have their Kami Bolters. They're mounted up in a Land Raider Phobos with Dozer Blade, Auxiliary Drive, and Armored Ceramite. And he has that times two. Uh, right? Yeah, they have... Something's different? No. No, exactly the same. All right, yep. and then he's got a... 
another Predator Strike Squadron with a Predator with a turret-mounted Executioner Plasma Destroyer with two sponsor-mounted Heavy Bolters with a Dozer Blade and a, another Predator turret-mounted with turret-mounted Executioner Plasma Destroyer with two sponsor-mounted Heavy Bolters and Dozer Blade. Uh, rounding it all up to 3,000 point is a Glaive Super Heavy Special Weapons Tank. He just put Armored Ceramite on it. So 650 points. 3,000 point list. A lot of tanks on the field. Ryan, what'd you do? Was this the Iron Wing, I guess? Okay, so for 3,000 points and this many tanks, what does this have some shockingly low amounts of in your opinion? Uh, Anti-tank. Just glancing at it. Exactly. Range, There's range way too many fucking... <laughs> way too much heavy bolter in this list. So, just wait. Like, we got to majorly cut back on the heavy bolter, Lucas. You got anti-infantry for days and days and days which you're already getting with all your auto auto cannons and your terminators and combi bolters and all that shit anyway. It's just not needed. So the first thing I thought was almost all these heavy bolters got to go. We're going to have a heavy bolter blowout sale. Um, let's get him some last cannons in here. The other thing was when I think dark angels, I think you should be a requirement to have a jet bike unit in your army. So, I was like, where's the jet bikes? There was no jet bikes. And then I talked to him, and he was like, I wanted to fit them in, but I didn't know how to fit them in. So I put him some jet bikes in. So here's here's what I ended up with. So I got a Praetor with a Rite of War Armored Breakthrough. He's got a Paragon Blade, Melt-A-Bombs, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, Scimitar Pattern Jet Bike with the Poison Ammo Upgrade. Then for troops, I have a... Single Predator with Las Cannon Sponsons. Another Predator with Las Cannon Sponsons. Another Predator with Las Cannon Sponsons. And another Predator with Las Cannon Sponsons. So it's four individual Predators, all with Las Cannon Sponsons. That's his troops. So it's one more Predator than he had in his list. Um, and they all have Las Cannon instead of Heavy Bolters. For Elites, I took a... Uh, five-man cataphracty squad. Uh, two of them have power weapons. Two of them have chain fists. The sergeant has a power fist, and they're in a Phobos with dozer blade armored ceramite. And then for the second least choice, I took that other another unit of those that's totally identical. So it's I think it's the exact same units he took, except I just got rid of the auxiliary drives on them um, just to save some points because I needed to cut points, and that's just what got cut. For fast attack, I took five jet bike uh, sky hunters, so they're the fast attack jet bikes. Um, I just left heavy bolters on every guy. I upgraded one to a sergeant, and the sergeant has a power weapon. And then I bought molecular acid rounds for all the guys. And this is the unit that the Praetor goes in. So it's going to be a unit of six jet bikes with the Praetor in it, or five, and then the Praetor makes it six. Um, he also didn't have any anti air in his list. So I put, for heavy support, I took a Fire Raptor gunship with uh, autocannon batteries um, and four wing-mounted Hellstrikes. And then for the second heavy support slot, I took a Plasma Executioner Predator with LAS cannon sponsons. So basically the same ones he had, but with LAS cannons as opposed to heavy bolters. And then for the third and final heavy support slot, I took another Plasma Predator with LAS cannon sponsons. And then for Lord of War, instead of the Glaive, which I'm not a real big fan of, I've not been impressed with it, I took a Falchion uh, Super Heavy Tank Destroyer 
with uh, the Neuron Wave Capacitor upgrade on the Volcano Cannons to make it Stunlock shit and Armored Ceramite, and then also upgraded it to Space Marine Crew to make it Ballistic Skill 4. Makes sense, okay. Yeah. And can you believe that the Falchion is 50 points cheaper with all those upgrades than no. the Naked Glaive with Armored Ceramite? Well, it is. <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> so... Um, I feel like this list that I wrote, it, it has anti-air in it, or his didn't. Um, it's got way more ranged anti-tank um, than his did. The Falchion is going to be much better than the Glaive, in my opinion. And with the addition of the jet bikes, plus keeping the Plasma Predators, plus uh, adding the Fire Raptor in, and still having all the auto cannons on the Predators, it's going to have anti-infantry for days as well. I just think this is a much more rounded list competitive well-rounded versatile list than what he had before yeah it makes sense and once again it has more variety in it it's going to look cooler painted up because it's going to have jet bikes in it it's going to have a fire raptor in it um instead of just like tank 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 you're going to have a little bit of different stuff in it i like it it makes more sense on the table instead of just pissing your opponents to death and hoping they don't bring any AV-14. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just pissing bullets on your opponent and just glancing them to death. <laughs> so, I dig it. I like it. Very Iron <coughs> Wing, man. Very cool. Yep. I think it'll be cool. I think you'll like it. This is a really cool list. So. And then if you wanted to play this list 2,500, really all you have to do is get rid of the Falchion, and then that would take you down to 2,400. And then you just add in something like us, maybe cut the digital laser. Cut the, well, oh, his is already used all his fast. You could then swap one of the plasma predators for a uh, sicker inventor to kind of put the stun locking really heavy anti tank that you lost from the falchion in. Yeah. So you could basically just swap the falchion for a drop the predator. tank put the venator back in that would be a little a few more points and then buy some more jet bikes for the fast attack squad buy a couple more jet bikes that would get you to 25 instead of three it'd be a very similar list give you some options because most events are 2500 yeah especially down here in texas he's in dallas so yeah yeah you know so anyway, gonna set up a 2500 point game there you go so That'll that'll teach you how to run it at twenty five hundred too. Then, <laughs> giving you knowledge you didn't even ask for, making people happy. All right. So next up is a twenty five hundred point world eater list, Berserker Assault. Uh, this comes from Adam. He says, "Yo, shit kickers, how do from the southeast of England." Uh, so all so Ali McGregor sent you a voicemail last episode where he mentioned that I needed to get my shit together and choose a legion and get the cunts painted. Just to prove a point, I've sent a few pics of the stuff I've been working on, all work in progress, obviously. I'll also send a list through for your perusal. It's a bit of a mismatch as I'm changing jobs shortly and will be low on cash. cash so I'm just using what I have. Uh, so yeah, he did send us some badass pictures of his model so far. Uh, conversion wise, they look titties because it looks like he's using 
the Sons of Horus torsos. Like he's using some badass torsos and some it's just got it's just got cool models all around. So thank you. I appreciate you sending your stuff in, man. We rarely get pictures with the work in progress of what we're looking at. But really dig the way they look. Kind of reminds me of Ryan's Black Shields. Uh but anyway. World Eater's 2,500 points running Blood Madness and the Berserker Assault Rod of War. His Praetor has Artificer Armor, Iron Halo, Mastercraft Paragon Blade, Barb Hook, Lash, and Melt Moms Digital Lasers. He's got Gallon Serlac for that badass uh, 4 plus save and the Blood Madness rule. Uh, Apothecary Detachment, two times with one Artificer Armor. Two, one with Artificer Armor, Power Sword, and Augury Scanner. One with Artificer Armor and Kami Plasma. He's got five Red Butchers. Devoured has Twin Chain Fist. Four with Dual Power Axes dread, in a Dreadclaw Assault Pod. You're going to want to do- drop those Twin Chain Fists, bro. Uh, two 15 Tactical Marines with Sergeant Sergeants of Artificer Armor, Power Fist, and Bolter and Meltamoms with Bolters, Chain Axes, and Vexilla. Uh, 15 Duck Die Sergeant has a Phalex Blades, Phalex Blades, Artificer Armor, and Meltamoms. Guys have pistols and chain axes. Nine support marines with plasma guns. Sergeant has artificer armor two. Riding in a rhino with multi-milta and dozer blades. Javelin with missiles, multi-milta, and 200 killer missiles. Javelin with missile, multi-milta, 200 killer missiles. Leviathan dreadnought with cyclonic melt lance, siege drill, phosphex discharger, and armored ceramite in a dreadnought pod. So yeah, Praetor and Zerlak join the Inductae, playing a large unit of Inductae cunts, making them more killy. The two combat apothecaries join the tacticals. The shooty one joins the support squad to help them get over the inevitable overheats. The Red Butchers do their shit, while whilst the Leviathan hunt, hunts tanks and generally makes a cunt of himself. <laughs> Javelins I've found are absolutely epic. Fantastic annoyance units waste a few tanks and then generally get charged where they are brilliant little cunts when the grab backwash rules. Anyway, let me know what you guys think of it, boys. I've dumbed it down as bit as my local guys have moaned that Sirlax making Inducti epic is OP as fuck. But then again, they are wimpy loyalist cunts, so fuck them. Peace out, bros. <laughs> this dude's badass. <laughs> <laughs> so what'd you do, bro? Okay, so the first thing I identified in this list that I was like, eh, not a fan of that, was he's got one Dread Claw and then one Dreadnought Drop Pod. So that's two Drop Pods. So he's got Butchers in one and a Leviathan in the other, and you're going to have to make the choice on what you want coming in. I'm not a fan of the two Drop Pods. You always try to get that third one in there if you can. Um, also, um, he's basically got two 15-man's squads or sorry three 15 man squads on foot because he's got the two 15 man tacticals and then the other 15 guys and that's all on foot and then all he has is the support marines and the rhino with the plasma um so i changed things up a little bit and kind of like eh, we'll just see we'll just read through it and, and see what you think you can you can look and i don't know if he's wanting to buy these new models or whatever but um, we'll see. We'll see what you think. I, I kind of like what I came up with, but he may want to stick with more of what he's got. So um, I got a Praetor with a Paragon Blade that's Mastercrafted, the Cadre weapon, which is the Barb Hook Lash, Melt Bombs, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo. So I think that's exactly how he has his guy. I just ran the same dude. Um, Gallon Serlac for the second HQ, just like he has. Then I just took ten normal tacticals with uh, Chain Axes, Legion Vexilla, 
and the uh, tactical sergeant has artificer armor power fist, and they're in a rhino with pendle mounted multi-melta, so I basically robbed the rhino from the plasma guys. Then I took the inductee squad and bumped it up to 18 guys, so it's 18 inductee, all with bolt pistol chain axe. The sergeant has artificer armor, cadre weapons, just like he has the falx blades, and melta bombs. Then in, instead of the plasma guys and the other tactical squad, I took 15 assault marines. Dang just it. to once again give it a different look and be able to get across the board faster. So it's 15 assault marines. Three of them have power weapons. The sergeant has artificer armor, power weapon, and melt bombs. Um, then for elites, I took the five red butchers, just like he had them, except I gave the devourer a chain fist thunder hammer, which is our new thing that um, Hurricane Webster turned us on to um for a, the second elite choice i took an apothecary just a single apothecary but this guy has a jump pack power sword so this guy's going to go with the um the big the 15 man assault squad then for the first fast attack slot i took an anvilus to put the red butchers in um then i took his two javelins that he has so it's a Javelin with pinnel mounted multi melta 200 killer missiles and twin link cyclone. And there's two of them, each a separate fast choices. So that fills out as fast. Then for heavy support, I added in a Charybdis. So the giant inductee squad goes in the Charybdis with Galen Surlac and his Praetor. Um, then I kept his Leviathan identical to what he had um, in the Dreadnought Drop Pod and all that. It's So it's got a Leviathan Seed Drill. Cyclonic, Melted Lance, Armored, Ceramite, Phosphate, Discharger in a Dreadnought Drop Pod. And then I found myself with 135 extra points. So I threw in a single Plasma Predator with Plasma Executioner and Dozer Blade to give him some, like, good... Just, like, it's a good mix of anti-infantry of any type and also light tank for just, like, a cheap, cool tank. And looks cool on the table. Looks cool. So... Once again, I went with trying to build a list with more variety in it. I got him up to three pods, and I feel like this will be a little bit faster list because that, that big inductee squad will get there immediately in the Charybdis, and then he's either going to get the Leviathan or Butchers. I would recommend doing Butchers turn one and then having the Leviathan come in turn two because it can shoot on the turn it comes in, so it'll affect the game immediately. And then in having then you'll still have a tactical squad driving up in uh, the Rhino, and then I've replaced the plasma guys with assault marines just because I feel like it's fluffier for world eaters to have all the assault marines. Plus, it's going to get them across the board faster. And then the apothecary goes in there to protect them. And then to kind of replace the punch that the plasma guys had, I put that plasma predator in. Dig it. it makes sense. And plus, I like the plasma predator, too. So. I feel like the plasma predator and like like... Because it doesn't overheat, it's three small blasts. It's going to do the same job as the guys getting out of the Rhino, but you can do it from a much further distance back, and it's going to be, you know, like, it's less susceptible to, like, bolter fire and stuff, and like I said, it doesn't have to worry about overheat, and it's much cheaper. It's only 135 points as compared to where a plasma, a nine-man plasma squad is a ton of fucking points. Yep. And they could die from shooting the plasma. So... Yeah. So, I don't know. I think this is pretty rad. So this has a Praetor, Gowan Serlac, 10 Tacticals, 1 Rhino, 18 Inductee, 15 Assault Marines, 5 Red Butchers, 1 
Dreadclaw, one Apothecary, one Anvilus. You could combine the Javelins into a squadron, so you only had one Javelin squadron, a Charybdis, a Leviathan, a Dreadnought Drop Pod, and a Predator. This is a fucking Highlander list. This is a true Highlander list. There's not one single repeating unit in here. Nope. You'd get extra tickets at Ryan's house. Yeah. So, anyway, I just thought that was cool. that's I re- like pooping out in Ducty. That's cool as shit. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, that's kind of what I came up with. Um, that was the other thing. Like, in his list, he doesn't have any anti-air. So, throwing the Charybdis in there kind of does the dual purpose purpose of getting the guys where they want to go and then if it lives it's actually pretty decent anti-air like we always talk about yeah that's a lot of little missile pods coming up on your butt so yeah rock and roll dude it's a very uh um non-metalist a clip yeah huh yeah well his list was like that already and then i just kind of took it to the next level with like running a bunch of seemingly random shit that all has surprisingly a lot of synergy when you look at it. And his army looks so shit hot already. So like, it's just going to get even better. Yeah. So hopefully you like that. Um, Adam, if not, uh, tell me you don't, you think it's shit and you want me to redo it. And I will <laughs> see how many cunts you could fit in there this time. If you're mad, like he's like, he threw him, him, Al- he threw him like station, like him and Alistair. <laughs> he threw in like four or five cunts in there and he wasn't even mad he was just he was actually pretty happy I guess so I can only imagine if he was actually have you, somebody. have you seen the Al, or the uh, Aussie Man Reviews um, internet arguments and it's the dogs on the two sides of the gate that's opening really slowly yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're just screaming cunt at each other cunt 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 that's him and Alistair like <laughs> talking that's that's what i imagine in my head just so they know it's hilarious all right <laughs> next up's oliver's 2500 point orbital assault thousand sun list uh oliver says okay guys i'm here for some help for list i love the show and have been a patreon listener since Puppygate. <laughs> nice Nova is in August, and there are two events I was thinking of, but I still have no clue what I'm doing, and I need a a plan in order to know what to order. And more importantly, what to paint. Jumped on the heresy train after reading stories about reading stories about it over the years and watching Ash Barker's 30K episodes. So while I've watched a bunch of heresy and understand some of the basics i've never played 40k so when it comes to list building i'm lost uh i want to do a doubles event which is 1500 points and i want to do the escalation event as well but that takes three different lists i currently have book seven my red book two calf box two tartaros boxes for sekmets and 105 MDF 105 MDS bases I'll paint as Prosperin marble. Um, I know I want a Leviathan, whatever list I end up playing. I love the models and I want some number of drop pods because they're cool as fuck. But after that, I'm not sure what ride of war to pick. More so than anything else, I'm just worried as a new Thousand Suns player that my list won't be fun to play against. I fear my fellow player rolling their eyes or whispering faggot when I put my team on the table. <laughs> Thanks for the help, guys. Any direction I can get is awesome. I love the podcast and keep on keeping on. Hopefully I can use one day join the Legion of Closers that is 
there are your fans, Oliver. Uh, P.S. Plasma's cool as fuck, too. Uh, so we actually asked Oliver a bunch of questions. Oliver's actually one of our Patreon supporters. Uh, he's been our Patreon supporter day one, so he's actually inside of our group chat that we have. And uh, so we kind of gave him some one-on-one help uh, to build him a list. We kind of sent, like, what his play style was, um, mainly because Thousand Sons are, are pretty much a, how do you want to play? Add psychic powers to that. Like, they... They are they're good any way you play them. You just kind of throw psychic powers in there. Uh, so he did want to go with a drop pod list. Orbital salt is basically what he wanted to go. Um, so yeah. So Ryan, what's that twenty five hundred point list look like? Okay. So the idea when we were talking earlier, I wanted to build a solid twenty five hundred point list that was still themey for Thousand Suns, but wouldn't like trigger anyone. So I wanted to keep it below. <laughs> like right around or below eight psychic dice. I felt like that was fair. Like that's still a lot of dice for heresy, but it's not like, Oh my God, this guy has, you know what I mean? Nobody's going to write a blog post about how many psychic dice their opponent had when it's eight. If that makes any sense. So I went with a Praetor taking orbital assault with uh, Colt Arcana uh, Pavoni. So that's biomancy. Um, so he's mastery level two. You can buy him up to three, but I just went with two. Once again, moderation people. Um, as I of horse guys are taking to say now, Warren G it up, regulators, regulate yourself. Um, <laughs> and he has bolt pistol, force axe, because you can up, uh, normally you would go um, a paragon blade on your Praetor, but I went with a force axe just because it's themey and fluffy to give this guy a force weapon. And then he has melt bombs, digital lasers. Iron Halo. Um, for troops, I took a 10-man uh, tactical squad, totally naked, except the sergeant has melt bombs and they're in a drop pod. For the second troop's choice, I took another 10-man tactical squad. Um, sergeant has melt bombs and they're in a drop pod, and they both have to take Pavoni because your HQ took Pavoni. That's once again, that's the biomancy thing. So they don't have psychic powers, but that's the uh, little bonus they get from their legion trait. Um, for elites, I took a unit of nine Sekhmet Terminators. It's just a squad of nine Sekhmet Terminators. They're in Tartaros armor. Once again, you could go Cataphracty, but then you're going to end up with three-up Invol, and people are going to be pissed at you. So, And he said he already has a bunch of Tartaros to do his uh, Sekhmet, so let's keep him Tartaros. The unit has... Um, all They come with free power weapons, but three of them have been upgraded to Chain Fist. And then, um, yeah, so that's it. So it's just nine Sekhmets, three with Chain Fist. And I've taken um, Raptora, which is Telekinesis with them. So it's going to increase their invulnerable save from a three up to a four up. Or sorry, from a five up to a four up. So they're going to be basically the benefits of Cataphracty with the benefits of Tartos, which is still extremely good. Um, for the second Elite's Choice, I took five Cataphracty. Um, so these guys are Raptora. So these guys are going to get the plus one to their invul, so they're going to be two up, three ups, but they're just single wound terminators. Um, that are, um, and then I went ahead and upgraded them to level one um, master level. So uh, they're also going to get uh, telekinesis power. So two of these guys have power weapons, um, two of them have chain fist, and then the sergeant has a power fist. 
and they're in an anvilus dreadclaw, and then like I said, they're level one mastery level uh, telekinesis, and then um, the third elite slot is six veteran tacticals. Um, I put machine killers on here, but once again, you can pick that before the game begins, so you can change it. Uh, they have Corvidae, which is divination. Um, I also bought them level one mastery level, so they're going to be level one divination mastery level and also be Corvidae. Um, so the five basic guys in the unit have, four of them have combi meltas, one of them has a melta gun, and then the veteran sergeant has artificer, artificer armor combi melta. And that's it. And they're in a drop pod. And then I took for the fourth and final elite slot, I took another 10 veteran or 10 veteran tacticals with marksmen. But once again, you can pick before the game. These guys have the Athan, which is uh, tele or telepathy. Um, I'll get to why I did that in a second. So they're just master level one telepathy. Um, two of the guys have flamers. Um, and then the other eight guys all have bolters, bolt pistol. Um, then the veteran sergeant has artificer armor power weapon, and they're in a drop pod. Then for heavy support, I took a Charybdis. So the Charybdis, the um, Praetor, and the Sekhmet will ride in it. And then finally, for the last choice in the army, I took a Leviathan Dreadnought in a drop pod since he really wanted a Leviathan. And the Leviathan is armed with Siege Drill, Cyclonic Melt-A-Lance, uh, Torso-Mounted Twin-Linked Volkite Calibers, two of them, uh, armored ceramite and phosphex discharger. So if you count up the master levels, he's got two vet squads that are each level one, a terminator squad's level one, so that's three. Sekhmet, which are automatically level two, so that's five, and then a Praetor that's level two, so that's seven. So it's only seven mastery levels. So I don't feel like it's horrible. Um and then the Praetor's Biomancy, the Sekhmet and the other Terminators are telekinesis, and then oh, the Machine Killer Vet Squad's Corvidae, and then the other Vet Squad is Telepathy, so it gives you a good mix of powers to choose from, and you're not just spamming one school, like, where it looks like you're um, shopping for whatever powers. Yeah. The reason I went with Telepathy on the Sniper Vets is because this Sniper Vet Squad, what I use it for, a squad like this with the two Flamers, is for, like, digging out artillery, like quad mortars and stuff. So the base uh, level power, the Primaris power for Telepathy is Psychic Scream, which is you roll three dice and subtract their initiative. Or sorry, you roll three dice and subtract their leadership, and whatever the difference is, they take that many wounds with no, no armor or cover saves. So if you think about it, those quad mortar units only have leadership eight, so you're rolling three dice, subtracting eight from it, and whatever you beat that by, they're just losing wounds with no saves. All day. So it's really good at killing... It's really good at killing quad mortars and stuff like that, which is what this unit is for. So that's why I did that. The machine killer guys, I went with divination because the Primaris power is uh, um, not precog, the other one. Prescience, so you can make all those Melta guns twin-linked. So on the turn that they come in and you jump out with your Melta to kill that Super Heavy or that Knight, you can twin-link all your guns to really make them effective, which is pretty cool. And then if you manage to hit the power... That gives them the four-up invul. It makes them a little more durable. If you manage to hit the power that gives all their shooting rending, you can have rending strength nine melta guns. Mm. So that's really going to throw a total like ass whipping on some super heavies. I don't. You know, I don't even think you really need it at that point. Yeah. I guess you could like shoot through 
you could shoot through a fucking uh, Sagittar, an Ordinatus Sagittar's fucking minus three strength field and blow it up <laughs> with your guns <laughs> on turn one, which is kind of funny. Um, or you could uh, shoot through the front of a fucking flare shield of Spartan. Like it doesn't have a flare shield, which is kind of cool. Just like blow right through it. No big deal. Um, obviously, the Terminators running telekinesis is more to increase their invulnerable saves, but telekinesis still has some fairly useful powers um you can uh i think you got you can get levitate in there um the beam power that's the primaris really isn't that bad so it's pretty cool um i think raptora on the tactical marines gives you a bonus to your run which is actually pretty cool on tacticals because it allows you to um get on objectives faster which is pretty fluffy for tactical marines and then obviously biomancy on your praetor is going to buff your close combat ability which is what your praetor is really good at anyway Sounds baller, dude. And not total asshole either. Sounds like sounds like a not dick kicker thousand sons list. Right. And it, it once again, it's variety's the key here. It's got a Praetor, two tactical squads, a tart a big Tartaros unit, a small cataphracty unit, two differently armed veteran squads, a Charybdis, an Anvilus, a dreadnought drop pod, and a Leviathan. Um, it's seven drop pods, so you're gonna get four turn one. Um, I think it'll be, and most of it's scoring. You're gonna have one, two. You got five scoring units, so it's gonna be good there. Um, it's pretty well rounded. The only anti-air you're gonna have really is the Charybdis, which isn't, you know, absolutely terrible. Um, I wish I could have had points for like a Fire Raptor or something, but it's really hard to get seven pods plus a Fire Raptor in. So. You could maybe shrink the Sekhmet and get rid of the or get rid of the Charybdis. Downgrade the Charybdis to an Anvilus, shrink the Sekhmet to five, the Praetor in with the six-man vet squad, and that might give you enough points to throw a fire raptor in if you wanted to go that route. But whatever you wanted to do. But anyway, that's what I came up with for Oliver. Sounds like Oliver's gonna have a good old time. He's probably gonna need to go check out some just the tips episode to see how to run a lot of those things. Like, uh, get some Anvilus tips and stuff like that just cause he's never played 40 K before. So if you go to, if you go to the YouTube channel, warhammer 30 com, Oliver and go watch the, just the tips by Ryan, he'll kind of explain how to use like the Anvilus and the Charybdis and things like that. Might help you out some with your list. Also read the comments below. Cause I made a few mistakes cause I was in a hurry and I didn't go back through and edit it so but i explain what i did wrong in the thing so the videos are still valid <laughs> videos are still good don't discount them completely yeah so okay there you go oliver uh i don't have josh's list that's all you but i'm kind of oh well th okay so that i had one last one this week so tfl josh we were talking about something else i well what happened was i sent him mark henry's list Okay. Because I was like, I think you'll like this list. It's World Eater. It's got all these crudes, you know, whatever. And when I get a cool list that I think Josh will like, I send it to him. So he's like, that's really cool. And then he was like, you know what, Kimmel, what you need to do for me, I have two, these are his words, not mine. He says, I have two uh, Cestus Assault Rams, and I'm too much of a pussy to use them because I'm too scared because there's so many points and I want to put Red Butchers in them or whatever because that's just brutal. I have all these points in reserves, and they're not that good, and I'm not going to be able to assault till minimum of turn three and all the problems that, that entails. So 
I don't know how to utilize these things where they would be useful and good and I'd get the most out of them. And so my challenge was he wanted two Cestus Rams in an army and they he wanted Red Butchers in them or Terminators in them. Okay? So that's what he wants. So my immediate thought was, well, Josh plays both Iron Warriors and World Eaters. He's got both armies, and he loves both armies. Um, they're also Sworn Brothers, so any ability that one army has will benefit the other army. It's just like, loyal, you know what I mean? The only drawback you have is they can't um, go in a dedicated transport belonging to the other faction. And then I went and I read Petarabo's reserve rule. And this is what it says. I'll just, I'll read it word for word because it's pretty crazy how it's worded, actually. <laughs> There's a lot. So of it says relentless here. strategists. All, all models in the same arm as Petarabo gain furious charge while in the enemy's deployment zone, and an army, army, keyword army, with Petarabo as its warlord, may, if it wished, begin rolling for reserves on the first turn of the game rather than the second. So when you build an army, you pick an FOC, and that FOC's made up of detachments, your primary, your ally, your lord of war, whatever. So this says army. So it's talking the entire group of detachments getting these abilities. So you could maybe make the argument, because if you read the ally chart, that if you took allies, certain ally levels say they don't benefit from warlord traits, they don't benefit from enemy or from abilities and things like that. So let's say you tried to do this with like Blood Angels, for instance, who aren't sworn brothers with Iron Warriors. Right. I would probably accept the argument that this wouldn't affect them, but because They're sworn world leaders are sworn yeah. brothers, it's just specifically states all abilities like your warlord trait, any army abilities, whatever benefit your other guys. So basically what I did is I built a list with iron warrior primary with allied world eaters to use all the models he wanted, but to allow you to roll for reserve turn one for the Cestus Rams. Mm. So that's was like my idea when I started building this list. So then he, his theme for the list was once again going back like a bunch of people wanted this week were boarding lists, like a list that represented a boarding action, like everything could get on a ship and then get back off again. So this is what I ended up with. You're going to love this. So I went Primarch's Chosen with the primary detachment. So it's Petarabo as the warlord uh, for an Iron Warriors detachment taking Primarch's Chosen. I upgraded him to take Forge Breaker, which is the hammer. For the second HQ's choice, I took a Chaplain with a Crozius, which is an axe, Artificer Armor, Melt Bombs, Boarding Shield. For the first troop choice, I took five Cataphracty Terminators. The Sergeant has Power Fist. Um, two guys have Power Weapons. And two guys have Chain, chain Fist. And um, they're going to teleport because Petarabo just gives them teleport. For the second troop's choice, I took an identical unit. So another five cataphracty armed the same way. For the third troop's choice, I took another five cataphracty armed the same way. Then for 
the fourth and final troop's choice, I took nine Cataphracty Terminators. The sergeant has uh, Power Fist. Five of them have Power Weapons, and three of them have Chain Fist. Then for a heavy support slot for uh, Iron Warriors, I took a a Cestus Assault Ram with two wing-mounted missile launchers, and the big Terminator unit and the chaplain go in that Assault Ram. Then for allies, I allied in uh, allied world eaters for their HQ. I took a forge lord with power axe and rad grenades. And remember, a forge lord automatically comes with the um, servo arm and the um, artificer armor. Yep. And then, for, then for the troop slot for the allied detachment, I took ten tactical marines that have bolt pistol chain axe. The sergeant has artificer armor melta bombs, and then I bought them for the fast attack slot in the Allied detachment and Anvilus. So the ten tactile marines go in the Anvilus, and then for the elite slot for the Allied detachment, I took nine red butchers. The uh, devoured has a thunder hammer, chain fist, and the other guys all have dual power axes. And then for the heavy support slot for the Allied detachment, I took a second Cestus assault ram with two ring-mounted missile launchers. So the nine Red Butchers and the Forge Lord with the Rad Grenades go in the cest- the other Cestus. That's an so, ugly squad. That is an ugly, ugly squad. So turn one, the Anvilus with the 10 World Leader Tacticals that are armed with chain axes auto comes in. Then you're going to roll for a five-man Terminator squad with Pedrabo attached to them um, for Deep Strike. Then you're going to roll for another five-man Terminator squad for Deep Strike. Then you're going to roll for another five-man Terminator squad for Deep Strike. Then you're going to have a Iron Warrior Cestus with t- nine Terminators and a Chaplain in it coming in. Then you're going to have a nine uh, another Cestus with nine Red Butchers and the, the Forge Lord in it. And all of these models are going to get Furious Charge in the opponent's deployment zone. Brutal. Jesus Christ. <laughs> all first turn like that's so gnarly what what well you can roll for it not all of it will come in but you, you know you get it in on three ups or whatever and this is a three exactly three thousand points on the nose good gracious man that's a heavy hitting list and then once you're in the deployment zone like which granted like Enemy's not even going to get a chance to think about what just happened to it. You're completely 100% in its deployment zone. And you've got teleporting Terminators. You've got Cestus Assault Rams. You've got Anvilus coming in. Like, it's happening. Turn one happens. Like, that's a in-your-fucking-face list. <coughs> that's brutal, dude. I, you're and right. The, I and this is very list. boarding. It's very... It's very boarding themed because everything teleports or is in an assault ram or a dreadclaw. Like I just imagine like some poor army sitting on a wall, like it's too damn quiet. (laughs) 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 Fucking whole army's just there. Holy shit. I like it, dude. I like it a lot. And then the red butchers will be funny because with the power axes they go up to strength five. And then with the Furious Charge and Appointment Zone, they go to Strength 6, and then the Forge Lord with the Rag Grenades drops you to Tough 3, so all their power axes are instant death. Instant killing. Whatever. 
That's so stupid. That's so brutal. <laughs> <laughs> can can the red butchers be joined by a forge lord? I thought they couldn't be joined by other characters. I thought that was a thing. Um, I don't think so. Because people put like Karn and fucking anger on and shit with them all the time. Okay, that then I might be just thinking out the box. But other than that, man, yeah, lists I know they don't score. Fucking brutal. Jeez Louise. So that was the funniest. Like I like that list. Like that made me laugh. Like that when I wrote that list, I was like, "This is a pretty funny list." So this is a good list. Yeah, no, it doesn't say. It doesn't restrict them. And they get to re-roll their failed charge distances, so they're... Oh, my goodness. Good times, man. <laughs> Think of that list. You really, like, how ridiculous is that thing? <laughs> Dude, it's a solid list, man. Like, I'm I'm about that list. Like, you, <laughs> like you armed Josh like a... Like an asshole. Like it's it's game on now. <laughs> uh. But how often do you uh how often do we what? How often do you guys play three thousand points? Oh dude, like that's like cause Josh will call out and he'll do call outs at three thousand points. We've got a big yeah, pretty big Texas scene, so I think he's gonna have a good time playing with it, bro. I think he'll have a great time. Do you think he'll do it? Oh, absolutely. Like, he's probably listening right now. He's probably, like... I sent him the list. I don't know if he likes it or not. He did Like, he said he liked it, but he did Like, he was just like, yeah, this looks pretty cool. I think I was there whenever he received the list. Josh, you know you're going to make this list, bro. You know you're going to make it. So. Anyway, you ready for the wheel time, man? We got it through all these lists. Are we recording right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we'll see... People don't see the movie magic behind the scenes where you're like, I'm saving, we're not recording, and then you just fucking hit the record button. <laughs> oh, sorry. And don't even fucking tell me. Oh. It'd be like, you didn't do the rolling thing, you didn't... <laughs> sorry. Do you want me to go back? <laughs> no, I don't care. More professional more professional talk from the RFI podcast. <sighs> All right. So do you want me to put the camera on the wheel so our live stream people know that we actually have a wheel and it's legit? See, there's the wheel. Yeah. Is there that anything? is the wheel. Dude, we are like, what, five hours in, so I don't know if anybody held on to the live stream that long. I guess they can go back and watch it. Yeah. So, all right. So do you need to, do we're just doing it? Do we need to explain how the wheel works? What's going on? We've explained how the we were explained earlier how it works. I think they'll be good to go. So all we're gonna do at this okay, point, so we'll good. Go through what's on the wheel. Yeah, let's go through each podcast. Okay, so we got Northern Heresy, Varangian Heresy, Don't Lose Your Head, who was last time's winner. So we got Covenant of, of Fire. Well, that th I put the star there. They become oh. listener. Remember? Oh, that's right. So we can. Okay, yeah, you're right. So we can still read them off, but we know uh, who's won. Covenant of Fire, Combat Phase, Loaded Dice Podcast, Geno 5-2 Podcast, the Age of Darkness Podcast, who has won. That's why they have a star. The Sons of Heresy Podcast, the Seize the Initiative Podcast, 
the independent characters who have a star. I still need to mail them stuff because they're here in the U.S. It's hard. Um, what I'm gonna, it's harder. And what I'm gonna do is just have my wife make some cookies, some homemade cookies, because they definitely don't have those, and I'll mail those to them. And she needs to make a batch for your dad anyway. So I'll just have her make a batch, and I'll split them and send some to these guys and some to the other ones. So they'll definitely get their stuff. <laughs> um, so 30K channel, David Brains, that's a YouTube channel. You watch Battle Reports. Um, listener, that's the one listener slot, which all the ones that have stars are listener slots as well. The Eye of Horus podcast, and that's it. And has uh, any of the newer ones, like uh, what's the ter- uh, Road to Road Terra? To Terra. Do they, are yeah, are they, they at the requirement? of episodes to be put on the wheel i think they're right there i think uh actually let me check right now those guys crack me up by the way so you got two that we don't have on the wheel right now it's one's the road to terra podcast okay and let me see what did we say five episodes or four episodes i feel like we said four episodes so Road to Terra just hit episode four. So if we said four, which I don't remember what we said, they are there. I like those guys a lot. So what I'm doing, so for those who can't see, I'm erasing the listener one, but all these ones with stars have become listeners. So there's still tons of listener slots. Yeah. And then the other podcast, which is Giancarlo's podcast, would be the Heresy or Not podcast. And they are not at the four mark. But they're still a good listen, man. Uh. You must die. I alone am best. <laughs> so good. Bloodhound game. Yeah, so they're on episode two. So they need two more episodes to get on the get on the wheel. But John Carlo yeah. does have the Perils of the Wallet YouTube channel. So he'll get there. Okay. He'll get there. So we've added Road to Terror there. And then there is one, two, three. So we went from four listener slots down to three, but there's still three on there because we had to add Road to Terror. So anyway, so that's all the podcast. So are we ready to spin spin the wheel? That wheel! Ready? Here we go. <laughs> listener! Oh, shit. Must be weighted in that Landed one on spot. Listeners. Okay, so let's go ahead and go to the last time we shared. Oh, I love it when it lands on listener. Oh, okay. So we'll go to, once again, guys, on our Facebook page, Radio First Fun, if you shared our latest podcast post where we shared the SoundCloud link, then you get to be chosen like you you get in the drawing for this listener pool whenever we roll the spin the the wheel of grindage so let's go ahead and see here actually who else shared that two shares yeah we will go ahead and bam the episode before had 12 do you want to combine the two yeah this this is the one i was looking at the 12 episodes uh for episode 48 yep so Episode 48, so we've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Okay, so there's seven people we can choose from, and guys, here's the thing. If you shared it, but your privacy settings are set to private, we might not be able to see you on there. So keep that in mind. But So there's seven people we can choose from, 
And I will go right now to a random number generator. One to seven. Ready to go. Ready, Ryan? You ready? Hold on. You I'm ready. See? So the listeners know? This is less dramatic than the wheel spinning. <laughs> that is a three, sir. No, it's not. I haven't that is generated a th- yet. I haven't generated yet. Oh. Okay. Go. Okay. It's a one. <laughs> that gets me every time. It always lost one. So that is the first listener, which is Lucas Lyon, is the first person of the list. <laughs> Lucas. So... <laughs> Lucas, we know he's in Texas. Fuck. So what I'll do, <laughs> well, we'll just do the cookie thing because I'll get my wife to make a bunch of cookies, and I'll just divide them up and I'll send some to the independent characters, some to your mom and dad, and some to Lucas. And you got to give him some of that popcorn too, man. You can guys can buy that in Texas, but I'll mail it to him. He had some at the at Adepticon too. I shared some. With, I bought a whole bunch for Adepticon. Oh, I'm thinking of the Chicago popcorn. I guess is what I'm thinking of. Oh, the Garrett stuff, yeah. I didn't see any of that while I was there. I didn't specifically leave the hotel a lot to look for it, but I should have. So, Lucas, we'll get you some stuff sent out, man. You're so close, yet so far from me. Uh, I'll get you some local stuff. We'll figure something out. You're in Texas, so we'll get you some cool grindage. Uh, Yeah. We'll get you taken care of. So, guys, that's going to be it, man. I know this is a long episode. I know it's going to... Take forever to break this down, but I'm, I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we got all those like clean slated again. So we're back on, back on it, back on the normal grind. Uh, definitely, if you have anything you want to submit to us or any events you want shouted out, go ahead and send us a voicemail. Get us a voicemail sent to our line. It's across our page and our Facebook, uh, or send us an email. Voicemail is going to be guaranteed to be played. Email, we're definitely going to play it, but it's way cooler to have the voicemail. Because that's like people's favorite part. So that's 209-RFI-30K-0. Our emails are ryan at warhammer30k.com and michael at warhammer30k.com if you want a list reviewed or you want just to send us a uh, Robert or Gottfried, whatever. Gottfried. (laughs) Yeah. Reading out Fifty Shades of Grey, you know. Whatever. Send us whatever. We'll be glad to listen it and read it off. Uh that's all I got, man. I gotta get some food in me. I'm fucking starving. So I'm starving. Um, yeah. My ass hurts because I've been, been sitting on this tailbone all the whole time. My wife, my wife probably be a little mad. Have to go <laughs> up there and get that sorted. <laughs> go get that sorted out. So we appreciate you guys. Appreciate you listening. Especially appreciate you, Patreon supporters. We couldn't do it without you. Uh, and it's always nice to have that support from you guys. So, y'all have a good one and enjoy this sweet music, which is going to be chosen by our supporters. So, y'all have a good one, guys. Bye. Take a little walk to the edge of town and go across the track. Where the viaduct looms like a bird of doom As it ships and cracks Where secrets lie in the border fires And the humming wires Yeah, man, you know you're never coming back Across the square, past the bridge, past the mills, past the stacks
Plan designed 